Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 71 of the NFP podcast presented by 3D Entertainment. The NFP podcast is brought to you by Riverside Dodge, the official truck sponsor and dealership of the show, as well as Hooked Up Enterprises as the official in-arena gear of the NFP podcast. Of course, Wrangler, the official clothing sponsor of the show. Wrangler, long live the Cowboys as well. The Czar Lake Bolarama that wrapped up. We had some big bull rides at that sucker. We'll get into all that stuff here as we go. But before we do, tons to talk about. We'll probably miss a whole bunch of stuff. But uh, thanks for joining in, everybody. Thanks for coming to us, whether you're in your tractor, cutting hay, or on the road, uh, trucking along, doing tractor some work, however you're working and listening to us. We appreciate Oh, I just it. had some, sorry, I just had some PTSD from cutting hay and bailing squares <laughs> when I was 12. Honestly, that, uh, all the power to you man but i bet Uh, you they got air conditioning maybe an ipad or ipod to listen to i had no podcasts i had no air conditioning and an am radio that's jason davidson coming to you guys and my my dad made me grease the hay bind every hour and 45 minutes oh yeah you don't want that shit breaking off maybe no for days no right No. no he was adamant about the grease and it's funny how they used to know if you missed one <laughs> if you missed one time how long ago did you grease this yeah. well i uh uh that usually was the giveaway right there maybe the stutter and i don't know or how long ago did you clean out the cutter because it's not cutting and the blades are all fucked because <laughs> yeah. you've been just hammering yeah. oils the whole time that's a good exactly oh, we used to have to replace good. <laughs> we used to have to replace the the blades in there you know yeah so you get paying not paying attention i guess and there'd be a strip like oh yeah four rounds <laughs> and it stays uh, leaving Oops. that's fall grazing dad yeah, that's for fall gross. grazing oh son there's no fence around this pasture what's up man been a long time uh we go back and forth lots but uh, we haven't done the podcast since the gray eagle bull riding there cody snyder so we got lots to chat about scott burn going full uh as he would call it afp he's being a fucking pussy does one event and he can't join the podcast because this event is so fucking important to him yeah yeah. high school finals look out look out he can't do anything other than that right now so scott burns not with us uh we'll give him a hard time throughout the show of course but uh jason what's new buddy you had a big day today looked like yeah took the boys up to emma lake up north to the not quite to Elkridge, but uh, close, and celebrated a day with the cup. I only celebrated about an hour, two two beers worth is all nice. I celebrated. And uh, hey, shout out to Riverside. Got a picture from uh, Ty Ty Mo. His kid was getting autographs, and I guess Chandler said to me when I went up there, Chandler Stevenson, our Stanley Cup winner, for the non hockey listeners. <laughs> uh there's some kid wearing an nfp hat <laughs> i had to sign you know i'm like do you know jason do you know jd and the kid looked and he's like no uh, jason davidson uh, no and i and i the only reason i knew who it was was because ty sent me the pictures and yeah, i'm like yeah. oh that's i know his dad so anyway yeah, the nfp yeah, was present with the cup I should have hey you know what that's his nephew even have a Ty's nephew oh yeah. is it his nephew okay yeah yeah, yeah, but he got a good one. He was sending me the pictures too. And then his little daughter was uh, zonked out from the day, and she was fell asleep with her NFP hat on as well. So it's well represented up up there and around here. Good to see. 
whose cabin's up there? Is it his cabin, Chandler's, or his family's, or his wife's family, or what brought it to Emma Lake? His wife, Saskatoon, yeah, his, right? yeah, his wife's family. So yeah, it was nice. It was it was uh, it was gonna be a banger. You could tell. Oh, like yeah. I could have, yeah. If I had been in my own space a little bit yeah. more, it could have been a good one. There's a good crew, uh, some some old guys I like visiting with, and uh, th- um, their wives were getting on the wine. So nice. I, <laughs> in that heat, I knew <laughs> oh, yeah. they were pitting in. That was pretty cool of them to. What I seen a video that the like the PA local news put on was he brought it like to the beach and uh, all the public and everybody got to come and kind of see it and hang out. Hey, lots of guys don't do that. They really keep it to themselves, yeah, especially to themselves. him not being from really up there. That was pretty cool of him to do that. People would have loved that for sure. Yeah, you know what? If um, we weren't doing the podcast back in 2018 when when the Humboldt Broncos bus bus crash was and uh, Chandler took the stanley cup out to humboldt when he had it that time around when he won the cup with washington which was pretty cool and and was at the rink in humboldt all day in honor of the 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 team uh the teammates and and the people that had lost their lives in that bus crash so yeah chandler he's solid he's a solid sasky boy there's no question two cups two cups was there any uh did you get any good stories yet of the cup parties have they been rolling since they won it Oh, yeah. What do you think? I, <laughs> yeah. And then it goes to Davidson Sask tomorrow for Braden McNabb. Nabber was up there. Nice. Um, and he, uh, he works out at the same gym I get to on occasion. And he was giving her today. And he's like, Yeah, I got to put, put a good one in today and tomorrow because I think we'll be sending it for the, <laughs> for the 24 hours after. And I'm like, Well, well deserved. Well deserved. Yeah. Oh, that's good. That's good watching. I have been, uh, yeah, doing that, cutting hay around here. I got home from the Calgary Stampede, and then we flew to Kelowna. But I was, uh, I tried to hide as much as I could, but I had to get caught up on life around my house due to the fact I was gone for over a month and a half, pretty much. So, who was cutting grass for you? Uh, nobody. You should see this fucking place when I got home. <laughs> oh my god. My father-in-law oh, yeah. came and cut it once, but it was just a jungle. And then this big windstorm rolled through while we were gone. And I might have talked about it on the last podcast, but it, I had a a uh, trampoline. That oh yeah, yeah, we did. Yeah, that was that was prior to Grey Eagle when we had that. Yeah, so I hadn't been home since then. So when I got home, that thing was completely trashed all over the yard. The kids' play center was all over everywhere. So yeah, it was uh, took a while to get everything back in line around here and get all my bills caught up and paid and get all of our guys life on the road of. oh yeah what did, what did lloyd christmas say some people aren't cut out for life on the road fuck no yeah i know i was done with it once i uh once i got home there but we made the trip to Kelowna too we could hit on that great bull ride note there sold out show sold out yeah. sold out show yeah yeah it was a banger um unfortunate our boy uh William Burrows, though, is going to be out for a while. So shout out to Willie. Hope he's listening. Hope he's doing well. We got him a flight out of there. Actually, he was out of there. We got him a flight booked like three days. Yeah, Tuesday. Did they do surgery there? Yeah. I think, Uh yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, And got him on a plane. I didn't know if he'd be able to fly. I didn't know how he was going to get home, but he had an aunt, I believe, there. So anyway, I got him a ticket home. Blaine and I got him a ticket home and... Uh, he's pretty appreciative of that. And I said, well, that's the least we can do, pal. It's, it's going to be, you know, having a hell of a year. It's going to be 
that was a tough one for him, you know, sitting in the top 10, I think in the CPRA and he was making, making a move with our finals too. So. And just came back from a broken leg. Yeah. Right? Yeah. From, from last November. Yeah. This one was filthy boy. Holy, that thing. Femur, everybody that's seen a femur break and yeah, or hear hear, it, heard one break. Oh, fuck, I felt bad for him. Just unfortunate, started a good ride and just ended up underneath of him and wrong place, wrong time, kind of like in a squat position. And just yeah, snapped her. Yeah, showed out Willie. He'll be back though. He's strong, he's been through some injuries and all that sort of stuff. So he knows what it's like to get back on the horse and come back strong. So thinking about him that's for sure and then uh Wyatt Gleason big shout out to Wyatt what a what a heater he's been on too he just mm-hmm. won the medicine hat bull riding a rodeo and he won the uh I think he won the bull ride in Lacombe too did he not and he won Kelowna obviously well let so. me tell you uh Lacombe uh, I can't tell you Look he like didn't it. win it he placed didn't he oh yeah cover chuck won it that's right cover chuck won. won so cover chuck yeah. made made some moves big moves yeah because he won North Battleford Maple Creek, he picked up uh, a little chunk there too. So he placed it all one, two, and placed it at Maple Creek. Yeah. I think I've said it in my Wrangler Pro perspectives, but yeah, he seems like midway through the year, comes on strong, puts himself in the hunt at the finals, and then he's that guy that comes from behind at the finals. He never goes in leading it, but he's always the guy to watch. And stays yeah. on his bulls, comes in and wins championships, going for that third championship. A uh, little shorty. Yeah, little shorty's back. That was yeah. that was the bull that took him to the fifty k win two years yeah. ago. Yeah, rematch in Battleford. So, uh, yeah, story on that. We didn't do a big retirement deal for him last year, Jason. So you're gonna have a shot to do it again. We were gonna retire him, and then he came home and put him on cows, and he didn't breed anything. So he's just sitting there and looking froggy and wanting to go get on the trailer. So he's back in the game. He went to Kinsella to the bull riding and. Bucked off Callum Miller in a short round right at the whistle, and then Cover Chuck uh, gets him for an 87 and a half, wins the North Battle for bull riding on him. So we'll do a big uh, big thing for him this year at the end of the year. Right, bud? Right, Jason? Yes. <laughs> sure. Don't let me forget. Hey, how many times has Aaron Roy won the Manor Fun Days PBR, do you think? Shit. I've got, I've got one of his prizes right here. Does he give it to me? When we did the rings that year? Yeah. Were you riding then? Uh when no, we're I don't handing think them I was, out? Yeah. No, not quite yet. He gave it to you? Yeah. Oh, that's nice of him. Yeah, it was. Um, and it he rode freckles of the hogs. What year was that? To do it. And that was this is in twelve. That's a good question, though. Yeah, how many times? What a question. Won? Yeah. I don't and know. I've okay, witnessed somebody... him win it like three or four times, and I know that he was going along before that and when he was really winning everything. Yeah. Derek Never. Adams, Derek Adams might not be able to text me on this answer or Tanner Gerlitz, but yeah. I guess we could if somebody wanted to go through or sure Robert you know Smith will find out for us. Or Aaron himself. Yeah. Hold my beer. Many a time. So yeah, that's good. Manor went off. Uh kind of back to the old two headers right now, right? Everybody's sore and crippled up. So there's uh we're getting into the the two header scenarios where about 10, 12 guys at events. So uh, another shout out. Anybody wants to come over right now? There's a lot of money to be won. Take a look at our friend, Koi Schmidt. Goes to two rodeos: Morris, Manitoba, Kennedy, Saskatchewan. Only, Only guys guy to stay on at both rodeos. Hammers out close to fifteen thousand with all the uh, 
what is it called? Is it day money and like all the ground, ground money. money? I guess he got all the money, all the prize money. So all counts towards the standings. Punched himself a ticket to the CFR with uh with that. Right oh, that there. does all count, eh? Oh yeah. Yeah. He's so like he must be right up there now. Yeah, he's like fourth or fifth or something. Okay, now, and so. then he he got paid also. Battleforty won uh, the long goal. Yeah. He's been Nothing kicking in ass, Maple man. Creek. It's Where good to see. You? That's a good kid. I've always I like yep. him. And he got hurt last year. We didn't know if he was ever gonna come back from that one and prove it. Got hurt. Wrong. Oh yeah. He's lucky to be with us. Twenty six hundred dollar payday in Battleford as well. Yeah. It's good. Fuck. It's good. It's a good kid. Coming on. You know, you see those kids like Nick Tetz and takes them to getting some confidence yep. in them at that level and you just gotta keep moving and keep grinding. But you're seeing what Coy's capable of. Rides Dark Mark to win the long round flying four bucket bulls. No big deal. Shout out flying four yeah. bucket bulls. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> Makes a good ride there. So yeah, it's been good. PBR Canada has been steady and full of action and lots of uh lots of guys stepping up to the plate. We're gonna have a good race. Uh, hey Roy just got to... back to me. Quickly. He's like three or four. Bullshit. I've <laughs> seen it three or four. I think that is how many. Well, what? Three yeah. or four? I don't He's know. You got to count that up. He's won it. I went first and second there one year. No big deal. Double no? entered. Double entered. Took I can't believe you went. How did we get you there? Uh, you, was year, like I was really trying to win the win the championship when I was had one before Ronald the finals. McDonald hair? No, no. This was in my like. When like I didn't want to be a rock star place. anyway, uh, I was like, "Okay, put the guitar down and let's actually go ride some bulls." <laughs> how many? How many would you have? How many? Uh, how many bulls did you end up getting on in PBR competition that year when you won it? Uh, I don't know for sure, but I double entered everywhere I went, and I was probably the best I ever rode in my life was that year, twenty fifteen, I think it was. That's when I won a few events south, and then came to the summer run up here and just went at it went. And, yeah and double entered every single place and stayed on most everywhere yeah i had a one before the before the finals but that was the goal and then i got that and then i just started turning out everywhere <laughs> <laughs> yes you did oh tanner burns entered don't count on it oh count on it yeah i liked don't the link count that on time. it I did what I I did what I had to do. I proved myself. I don't uh, I don't foresee somebody running away with anything this year in the no, PBR it's Canada. It's been yep. really good. Yeah, it's been really good. And a lot of different um, guys, a lot of different aspects, and guys stepping up at different times, getting hot at different times of the year. Quite yeah, well, yeah right like at the said. start, right? And now he's rodeoing a little bit more, so these guys are catching up. So it'll be a fun fall run when we get to the cup events. Well, you got a couple guys, guys knocking, like Wyatt Gleason and Hartman, Tanita, Tyler Craig. Those guys are all in the top 10 right now. Yeah. But then, you know what? Blake Smith's just going to get going here. Ashton Sully's riding as good as he ever has. Yeah. Um, Where's Weston? Is he in there? He's in the top yeah, 10 still. 15, 15. 15, yeah. How many go to the finals? 20? 17 out of our standings. Yeah. Two Australians. Yeah. One world champion. And yep. then any Canadian champions that haven't qualified get a buy. So if Zane wants to crack back out. No shit. If he's listening. He can come on. Cool. But no, the only the only champion riding right now is Dakota Butter, yep. Cody Coverchuk, which those guys could quit right now and qualify. Dalen Swearingen, the twenty nineteen yeah. champ. But Dalen plans on coming back up too. I don't even know where he's at. Yeah. Where is he? He's sitting number 17. So he'll get bumped eventually. 
Uh, yeah, he'll be team teaming it up. Yeah, he'll get bumped. So he's got the buy if he wants as a world champion or Canadian champion, actually. Our guest on the show today, Boudreaux Campbell. What a fucking fun interview that is. Uh, hopefully everybody uh, gets a kick out of that. He's one of the funniest dudes. He's like, uh, after we talked, he kind of reminded me of like the last few of the wildcat old school bull riding guys that like to have fun and still can kick ass while they're doing it. Right. There's lots of guys that have fun while they're doing it, but they don't step up and can win ride. Good. This is, yeah. He's like, uh, like a Mooney or outlaw or stormy wing. Just shy of 2 million in earnings between PBR and PRCA. That one blew me away. I knew he was a hand. I didn't just, I didn't know he'd won that much. I didn't know he went to the NFR five times already. At 24 yeah. years old yeah not bad yeah he's got it's a cool impressive. story and uh brought him up he's coming up later we're gonna get to him but brought him up due to the fact he wants to come to canada he came to cody's bull riding and uh a few events now and he's talking about wanting to to come back up here in the fall and try to make a push for the finals so yeah that's uh well fun you interview. know what looking at a guy like him he's sitting 27th you got coy 26 brock radford 23rd Fabian, 22nd. Cody Fraser, if Cody can get back. Yeah. Uh, Brock's 21. 23rd? Brock needs yeah. to step up. Well, he, yeah. He You're not good at Kelowna. Exactly. Kelowna. Yeah. Hopefully so, that gets him on a hot streak now. Yeah. He's only, uh, well, this last couple of events. Uh, Jake Gardner, he's got to do something. He's sitting in 19th, so he's on the outside looking in. American Cole Brewer sitting 18th. Um, and I know he's coming back to some events. So yeah, there's, you know what, these guys sitting in there at 14, 15 and 16, they're going to have to hustle. Yeah. It'd be tight. Yeah. Cole Brewer. What a name. He's been in the news up here in Canada the last while. Yeah, he has. Yeah, he sure has. <laughs> Next. <laughs> Moving on. Okay. Before anyway, we get we'll into the that. teams, yeah. Before we go into uh, team stuff too. Uh, we got to throw it back to the Calgary Stampede and shout out 3D Bull Riding Athlete Jared Parsonich on the championship of the world famous greatest outdoor show on earth. Calgary Stampede. That was pretty cool to see actually all the Canadians. There was five of them, correct? I think I had it wrote down here somewhere who all won it. It was uh, Bo Cooper, which was pretty cool how karma works after his Houston fuck up. Shows yeah. up to Calgary, which I probably would have liked the fifty thousand in Houston a little bit more U.S. dollars. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> but uh, pretty cool, right? Everybody talked about that. We've talked about it on this podcast how he got screwed over at uh, Houston, and then how the world kind of works. He keeps his head down, doesn't make a big deal about it, just keeps on trucking along, and uh, then takes the win at Calgary. So huge shout out to him. That's Zeke Thurston's cousin as well. So that family obviously knows how to. How to do some win some good bloodlines, some good reading there. Good for them. Good crew too. Uh Scotty Gentner takes the steer wrestling oh, title. Just dominates. Killed them all weekend. Like just yeah. uh nod and go. Semi retired too. He stopped going to the US, but now he's got a whole bunch of money one towards the standing. So we'll see what that does to him. But you know me and Scotty used to uh break ponies together. Me, him, and Clint Lane. No. <laughs> Did you? Fuck yeah. That was my wild horse or a wild pony racing team. Me, Scotty Gittner, and uh, Clint Lay. We used to go. I used to, my parents used to just ship me off, I guess, in the summertime. And uh, I lived at Darcy Lays. Yeah. <laughs> lived at Darcy Lays. I'm Kogan. starting to wonder if we should ship you off too at times. 
Fair enough. No, carry. Sorry, carry on. And Scotty had a bunch of ponies, a bunch of mini ponies. The first time I ever seen like little mini ponies, and that's what he did. He'd break them. Skinner would get them from the auction wire or whatever, and then get them to Scotty, and he'd break these ponies and sell them for freaking good money. So we'd go over there and we'd tie them, hook them up to carts. Oh, that'd be fun. Fucking race around and just ride ponies all freaking day. Yeah, it was tons of fun. <laughs> they ran me over once with the, with the, uh, with the uh, wagon, though, about broke my legs. <laughs> it's good times. Good fun. <laughs> How about, uh, have you been trying to check out the PRCA app or the website in the last week and a half? No, I can't keep up. I don't even try. Well, it's you can keep up down. now because it ain't getting updated. Oh, really? I yeah. think they got hacked or, or something happened. Anyway, I just, I noticed there's been a change here now in the standings at least. But it was hard to get results and whatnot. Um yeah, shit. But can it, Canada is doing well. Ben Anderson, big, big win at the hard grass bronc match. Yeah, that looks 40% like a cool at deal. him. Holy 40% shit, at him. Yeah, yeah, he's sitting sixth in the world today. Do you think that get they get a little like nothing against Ben? He missed two licks on the on the left side, but like those judges and that atmosphere is not normal for a bronc riding. Like we have it at bull ridings, but when you get that music, yeah, but our bull ridings, we don't give points away. 94 fucking points. That's a lot of points, ladies and yeah. gentlemen. And every you year at that place. Yeah. Again, Ben, don't take this the wrong no, way. 100% that's great a, that's yeah. a That's an 87-point ride at the NFR 88, maybe. Yeah. Because they're going to get you. I just always see they're going to get you when you, if you don't, if you don't spur them every jump, they're going to get you. They're not going to let you get that kind of a score. I think it's a big like sell, like the event. It's you know you get the, everything going, and then you start getting some high mark rides, and then you get stuck with where you. Yeah, have but to Calgary go, tried and that, go, and then you go, and then you go. Fifteen years or twenty years ago, and it didn't work. It, no. was, it did not work. Then then you get you see a legit eighty eight, and it's nobody's cheering anymore. Like, yeah. but shout out him. That was yeah, great rock ride wins the whole thing. I seen they showered. Shout out to him and all that. that Thumbs cool. down to the CPRE judges. I said it. I'm going to take it. I'll take one on the chin. Well, that. watch the bull riding. I had this conversation with Coy Robbins. Yeah, Coy's like, you? who's judging my bull riding event? I said, I don't know. I don't look after that, Coy. You have yeah. to talk to the judging director, Mr. Randy Byrne. Yeah. And uh, he's like, well, I'm sick of being 84, 85. And I'm like, well, go to rodeos and get a 90 for that same ride then. You know, <laughs> it's true. Yeah. You got to keep it legit. You know, it's a, it's an international I've said it from organization. The it's the worst fucking job in the world, no matter what you do. Somebody judges? Just, oh, fuck. That. Oh, I love it. I There'd love no picking on I judges because that. oh. that's what I get to do. That's one thing I learned from Cody Lambert. Give the judges shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it's hard to find them, man, because everybody complains and nobody wants that job. It's like, you have to have some tough skin to do it. Everybody. Yep. No matter what you do, you know, somebody thinks you're fucking them. Right, bear light bomb calls me. I don't me. know, I don't know how many that, years right? ago. I don't know if you uh, said that right. Did you bear light bomb? What did you say? Light light bomb. Okay, yeah. <laughs> bear calls. Oh, this is a while back, and he was still doing his uh, Western Hockey League linesing and and shit, and he was thinking about judging. And my first question to him was, "Are you prepared to tell Tyler Thompson to go fuck himself?" <laughs> and he just and he never said, "Ask him." Ask him straight up. That's exactly what I said to him. Because uh, Tyler had all those guys spooked big time, eh? He oh, just, yeah. Yeah. you know. It worked good for us because we were traveling with him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
stick up for your truck. Yeah, it's a tough job. So no, uh, no shade. Uh, Calgary, Jared Parsonage, Canadian. We talked about Scotty Dawson. Hay was the other champion. Wins the bronc riding, and that was a, a great bronc ride that he made too in the four round. Bronc riding was was good, like we've talked on here before. Probably the best event to watch was the bronc riding once again. That was a unreal. So. Shout out to all those guys. Uh, Jason, you asked about the picks. Remember Stetson, right? Those guys got to pick their four-round animals. And yeah. Stetson picked Catfish, left that bull of uh, uh, yeah. the Jared Road of Nansen Bowles. Wild time for him to, to, to pick. And I think he was second or something like that. But uh, it goes back to, I like that he was the first bull pick, Chad Hartman. He's probably listening to this and he can eat his heart out. But uh, Catfish, great bull. And Stetson Wright was a part of part ownership in that thing for a while when that thing was down in the U.S. And they used to smash 88s on them, 87s at the cup events, right in the door of the yeah. right every time. He's a little bit of a different bull now. He's got some step ahead to him and kind of these guys don't overly get along with them, but you do things right. You're going to get a good score. Bull had a bad go kind of getting out of there, and then everything kind of went sideways from there. He ended up getting a re-ride on him. Um, but that's that'd be the reason Stetson picked him. He's rode him before in the U.S. He knows that bull part of him. And if that bull would have had his day, Stetson stays on him, styles him out. That is a better bull than than Wild Time would be. Yeah. So it just worked out good for Jared. Jared did his job, stayed on, and that's how us big tall guys get him, man. Be the only guy to yeah. stay on. Fucking and take and made a nice move in the world standings. Our Canadians yeah. are looking good again right now. Zeke's number three. Dawson, hey, number five. Ben, number six. Leighton, seven. Q Taylor, 11. Yeah, shout out Q Taylor, too. Avid listener. And he, uh, what yeah, he was. about our right boys either. Was he second or third in the, at Cheyenne? Second, placed that, good. Rode uh, good at Calgary, too. The kid's awesome. They broke a record there. They actually broke a couple records. I think the barrel racing, too. Ryder Sanford, I think, was the guy that won the Bronco in there. Yeah, so another new badass Bronco. Colby Wanchuk, 22. He's on the outside looking in right now. Still lots. Lucas Moxa, 26. Logan Hay, 29. Where's Dawson? Oh, I told you he was fourth. Yeah, he's now. Where's Jared in the Borad? I'm going right there. Now, Stage Kimsey will be out for a while. Broken collarbone. I've got this on here. Uh, Cowboy Channel just came out with this. The broken collarbone had surgery on it, and it's looking like that'll take him out for six weeks. He's currently number four in the PRCA World Standings and leads the 15th-ranked Cowboy by 65,000. However, Kimsey has been to just 25 rodeos and needs to make it to 40 for his PRCA leading 62,000 in Extreme Bulls money to count. Kimsey would have to go and compete in at least 15 rodeos in about two weeks in September to ensure his ninth NFR. So if you don't go to enough rodeos, your extreme bull money doesn't count, count, which happened to JW well, Harris he's still not, here. How many has he got to get to? Fifteen in September, which they're saying he can't, he won't do. So they're saying that that he's uh, done. Yeah, unless he can come back earlier, right? Oh wow! He says we will just have to see what the rest of the season looks like. I'll actually probably not be able to make the NFR due to my rodeo count. I have to go to forty rodeos for my extreme bulls money to count, and I'm at twenty five right now. So that was his quote to the Cowboy Channel. So. I think it'll depend on that healing process and if you can get back, but that's a huge blow. That's that's still that though. You're going to push your body. You're yeah. going to push yourself and push your body at that time of year. You know, there is how many of them on the, on the West coast there, that Western run of rodeos, but it's the travel too. Wow. Yeah. 
that's too bad. It's too bad. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. Number one guy, Stetson Wright, has got a comfortable lead now. He yeah. is uh, about $35,000 ahead of his traveling partner, Kai Hamilton, which is nothing when it comes to the NFR. We know that. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to roll down here. The real deal, Cody Teal, sitting nicely in number 10. Is he? Fucking eight. Yeah. Good for yeah. Him. One of the Trey guys. Kimsey with a nice, Beauty. some nice winning in Calgary, too, has moved inside the top 15 and 11. Awesome. Jordan Hansen, number 13, and his traveling partner right behind him by about 990 bucks is Jared Parsonage. So they're 13, 14 right now. Damn. Uh, yes, sir. Perfect. Good for them. And they've got a they've got a little cushion here, um, on the sixteenth man, by about eight or nine thousand, ten thousand bucks, I guess you could say. So, got some work to do. Those guys like that fall run too. Oh, no, those uh, one headers, those big yeah. one headers. They, yeah. you know, like Jared did last year to clinch it. Though they'll go hard now and get it. That's cool. Good for them. Good for those boys. They've been they go hard. And they deserve everything they get. That's a tough grind to do. And they're not the youngest anymore. So proud of those. Proud of those two cowboys. But we should do a quick ad read before we forget. Yeah, yeah. let's do that. Okay. So we can get on to sitting on our deck and having a cold beer. Yeah. And having supper. For the biggest moments under the brightest lights in the biggest situations, get hooked up. Hooked Up Enterprises is a creative partner for Western sports and beyond, providing customized arena wear for some of the rodeo's most elite athletes and state-of-the-art arena wrap display products for some of Western sports' most prestigious events. They're the official in-arena gear of the NFP podcast. Find out more at www.get-hookedup.com or follow them on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. Stand up, stand out, stay hooked. Scott should have been here because Brent and the crew hooked him up for the Canadian High School Finals that is... Scott's yeah, with the NFP PBR Canada bullfighting jerseys. Yeah, we sponsored that. And we got to talk about that too, the merchandise. We got some NFP merch coming. If you guys have been following along on Instagram, Facebook, um, Kristen Varner, Ty Prescott's fiance, is going to be running our uh, our merch stuff for us oh, here. Oh, yeah, so. look what I got too, buddy. What's he got? Thanks to our buddy, Bill Holotech. Beauty. Perfect. Good, yeah. good, good. Some more hat stickers. They were actually ordered a while ago. I forgot about them. Sweet. And then I, I found and, an uh, old email. That's why Krista jumped on and um, she's going to like, we just don't have time to run a website and ship and do all that stuff. And we were at Calgary. Yeah, we barely have time to get this yeah. podcast done. <laughs> oh, shit. We have uh, every pony racer and young guy and girl and every fucking person wanted uh stickers and hats and all that stuff and i just i had a bunch of stickers and they were gone by the end of the end of the week but yeah it's kind of does fun bill if you do the the pony or... sticker too yeah same thing does nice bill do yeah, yeah yeah so those will be available and the hats will be available online that's all coming soon it's all on order and then we'll you'll be able to get them online and ship and do all that sort of stuff for everybody that's asking so keep uh keep checking that stuff out Bill's, Bill does a good job. Okay, I'll send Kirsten. I'll, or, uh, Kirsten. I'll send Kristen a couple packs of these then. Yep. She just gave you a good shout out uh, as one of the. Did uh, you see it? She's been doing like a meet the team stuff. She's doing a bunch of stuff. She's gives her. It's good. It'll be good for us because we don't have uh, the abilities really also to do that. So Kristen's jumping on board. Pretty cool. Calgary Stampede. 
Jason, my side of things, we had a lot of fun. Me and the other bullfighters, me and Prescott and Jesse Byrne. Nate Justice was there for the first five days. Chris Buffalo came in for two days, took over for me and Jesse to give us a break each day. But uh, a lot of fun, man. Nate Justice is a dog. That guy's freaking badass. Cool guy. Definitely one of us, too. Uh, oh, yeah? Yeah, 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 yeah. Calls it how it is. He's tough. Freaking yeah, rolls awesome. I had a lot of fun working with Nate, man, a fire bullfighter, and uh, a little intimidated the first couple of days with him and Jesse. Uh, that was pretty cool, pretty cool crew to work is with. Is that the day you? Is that the day your braces? Clicked? The first day my braces clicked. Yeah. Don't worry, I've had it. It's oh, happened, man, and it sucks. Day, man. It's like, the worst feeling oh, because you you yeah. don't even know what the hell happens till you're face down in the dirt. Oh yeah. So for those that are listening, when your braces touch together, <laughs> the hinges lock together and you fall straight on your face. <laughs> I couldn't even, yeah. actually, I thought I, I think I was going to text you and I thought, you know, what, I'm not, I'm going to leave them be. Yeah. That was that day one, suck. day fucking one. And all I said to myself was like, just like, everybody's watching, you know, there's like the, the our crew came in, which is different crew of bullfighters and it's been there for the last few years. So uh, there's a lot of people watching and I was like, just stay out of Nate and Jesse's way through the job and don't fall down. And sure as shit, I fucking <laughs> fell down. <laughs> but no, that happens. Yeah. And uh, sure as shit. Happens. And then uh, another embarrassing moment, I got the barrel. The barrel ran me over. I don't know if you oh, seen that. Oh, well, that's okay. Did I ever tell you no. about your brother, Jesse? He said he made me feel better. He said he did it twice where the whole barrel ran over top of him and then the bow ran over top of him and mauled him too. Okay. Well, I saw one of them first, yep. like right there. I was probably judging it actually. We were in, uh, I think like, is there a town called Hazar, Alberta? Hazar? I think we used to do a bull riding back in the PCB yeah, yeah. days, professional Canadian bull rider days. Like and we were H-U-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-
the side of it and then it got to he like yep. hit the one side and then yeah. it got to tip and then the, the the top end came and it caught right on top like i get big long legs right got caught right on top of my ankle and i knew it i'm like oh i'm fucked like, i'm stuck underneath this thing and he hit yeah, it again yeah. and it just and downed me went. yeah he didn't go over me though he just hit it and then prescott gathered him and jesse gathered him but it was just like i just was stuck underneath of it but probably would have been better if it would have mowed right over top of me and he kept going well I, that barrel okay. can be your best friend or your worst enemy it really oh, yeah. can i was there's really no in between with thing. it you're either in control or there's shits happening yeah hey it, you didn't want to have a guy like kelly kelly lacoste in there and you didn't handle that barrel right either because he'd you punch you it. after yeah oh no <laughs> he yeah you don't yeah yeah brinson's just, pretty cool about it he loved it <laughs> yeah well what's he gonna say to you <laughs> yeah shit. So no, that was uh that was that was a lot of fun. And then yeah, Prescott and me and Jesse and yeah, just to get to work that rodeo, biggest rodeo in the world. Me and Jesse get to do that out there together. It's a lot of fun and a good crew. You know, we had uh Corky there and you know, all those guys would come back to camp afterwards too, and we were park rapes like craft and Tanner Gerlitz and Moondog was with us for a bit, J B and uh kale ethier come over there every night and you know how it goes everybody just good little uh good crew of people matt late around there uh bunch of good guys lots of fun so lots of good listeners first... of the show lots of people are tuning in so it's good, oh, good yeah. to hear that was yeah. i made uh an in and out appearance took jackson my oldest son for the day so he thought that was pretty cool he was pissed i didn't get him behind the shoots and i'm like hey you got to be more important than jackson <laughs> davidson to get back there apparently She's tough sled. No, that was the first time, yeah, probably a decade since I'd been there. No, was, no, that's not true. I, Ten years ago was the flood. Yeah, 2012. And was I was the flood. 13, wasn't it? Hell or high water? Yeah, 12 or 13. I don't know what year. Yeah, and I think two. I went one year after. So, yeah, first time in eight. No, it's good. Good to see some people I hadn't seen in a while. The committee guys. I wonder why they always remember me at that committee trailer. <laughs> Committee tent was hopping off as usual. A lot of fun every day, every night. Anybody naked in the river this year? No, it was actually pretty smooth. Yeah, pretty smooth sailing. Nobody really took it overboard, so that's always a that's always a good thing. Till the ranchmans, I'm sure. Not one appearance for me at the ranchmans. Stayed away from that sucker. Dalen was trying to get us there the one night. Said he'd buy the first three rounds. Dalen? <laughs> yeah, yeah, he was rolling, having him a time. No ranching. way. Yeah, ranching. Oh, good for him. Yeah, they had a good crew up there. Uh, Boudreaux was up there for a while. Cooper's up there. Yeah, it was a bunch of good, good bull riders. Uh, JB was up. Uh, not the best Calgary for the Moon Dog. Had a couple wrecks there, but uh, made her through. And then I seen he went second in Salt Lake. So rebounds after Calgary and does that. Jagger Briggs, his young son. He was a lot of fun. We took him to the Midway. Me and Megan actually took and Turkey Gerlitz and Prescott and Kristen took ten kids to the Calgary Stampede Midway on like fucking oh. Friday night. Oh my Why? God. Uh, Cause we told him we'd go and we kept putting it off and then we were running out of time. Yeah, so. Well, you can't do that, buddy. Yeah. You can't, you can't. That was Cause insane. those kids won't forget. Insane. <laughs> they won't forget. No, they won't forget. Cause I got them on every single ride. I bullied my way in. We had those, our passes, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and, yeah. uh, they told us that they would work. And then the couple of them were balking like, no, you got to buy tickets. Those passes don't count. But, we talked our way onto it and got the kids on every on every ride they wanted to get on. But holy, what a zoo that place! Absolute zoo. But hey, lots of fun. Shout out, fun. shout out to the PRCA. Looks like everything is working. Nice. Got yeah. it up. 
I'm going. Let me try the app here. Oh, the app's still slow moving, but the website has got day sheets, everything. Shout out to Cherie. She is probably sick of me texting her, wondering where, who's up where, what. I always like to tune in, you know? Trying to follow along. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the guys, some of the guys, Zeke used to put his schedule up too. It was nice because then you could just go back to the Instagram post and then you just go find it on the Cowboy channel. But they've been getting lazy, these guys. I need to give a shout out to Recast, the app, PBR. You can watch all the bull runs on there. I got to watch the team stuff uh, last weekend, so... Yeah, that's, me too. That's cool. That's fun to watch there. It's like a dollar or two dollars or something for a show. So yeah, makes it How, makes it fun. You can follow yeah. along. What's the game plan? How do you beat one guy? Is that going to be the game plan for seven other teams? Yeah. Let's uh let's do one more ad read before we get into the team talk. And then we'll okay. get to the team talk. But to finalize on the Calgary Stampede, tons of fun. Uh hopefully I get to uh go back there. We well, you didn't knock crew. anybody out, did you? Did no, you punch anybody? No, I was well oh, behaved. Well, you should get back. Yeah, it was a lot of fun, and we got a good. We did good. You know what I mean? I had lots of people reaching out and saying uh, how good it looked and all that sort of stuff. Nobody got hurt. Uh, we, I don't think anybody got hooked. So it was a lot of uh, Jesse did the first day. Fuck, was he mad too? He's working Why? on Jesse because he doesn't like getting hooked. And this big oh, yellow that guy lined out. Oh, the, the big, big yellow Kessler's. Yeah, first bull about. First day, about third bull out. Yeah, he was mad too. So uh, then he uh, then he got it rolling. It's just tough sledding. But was that you know, lots of guys bowl? like to take was that hits. The good bull that, that no no this thing wasn't very good at all. This was a I remember that like him, but it was yeah. the right hand delivery and kind of got him going towards the out gate a little bit, right? Left hand delivery and got him going back towards the shoots. Him and Nate okay, were kind of hitting side. them back and forth, coming up behind him, and this thing was going back towards the shoots and. Uh, Jesse just grabbed hold of him and he just slung one of his big horns, slashed him into the shoots. But yeah, he's not one of those guys that likes the fame of like the getting hooked and just taking random hookings. He's the complete opposite of that. He gets really mad when he gets hooked because he wants to, wants to, if you're doing the job Nothing right, you're not getting smoked down. So yeah, it was funny though. So that was, uh, got him rolling anyway. He's working a safety job though in Calgary. He's the head safety guy for a job just outside of Cocker. And all of his guys were texting up. He's like, what the fuck? You're a safety guy? Did you see what happened today? <laughs> yeah, good call, though. Yeah. Oh, you're a safety guy? Yeah. Oh, that's kind of funny. Yeah. But no, all in all, I don't think I think I, whatever more I had wrote down about Calgary is is uh, we got through it. But a long, long 10 days and a lot of fun and a good crew. So, uh, yeah, we'll move on from there with an ad read. We'll do the Czar Lake Bullerama. That got finished up. We talked about it a little bit. Best of the bad of the bone PBR action. People went down to Czar Lake Bullerama on July 21st for the rankest bulls and best cowboys in the business. Cody Coverchuck. No, Dakota Butter won the biggest single yeah, day butters. in uh, in the industry at the back-to-back and reigning PBR Canada event of the year. We'll see if they can keep that streak going. We'll see if anything else pum, comes in and takes that over but uh you can check them out www.zarlakebullerama.com zarlakebullerama come get some they'll already be planning for next year i know that uh they got some new shoots there they had a sold out crowd uh joe braniff on the mic there they had a concert afterwards looked like a lot of fun at the Lake bullerama so uh got 2023 down already looking forward to 2024 so with that jason team series you said it you're going to have to beat one guy. 
what's the game plan for these guys when when well they got to ride more bulls like it's got to be a team effort um because if it's going to come down one on one to one i i I think I am a betting man. I know who I'm betting on just about every time. Yep. And he's healthy. Yeah, he's very healthy right now and got a fire in him wanting to win. And that's not really fair because Dalton Castle uh, and the other guys on that team are oh, yeah. low riders as well. But when it comes to those shootouts like that, when you're going back to back, Jose is going to get a higher score than anybody else, no matter what. You know, in those shootouts, he's got better style. He makes them look good. Cooper. You know, he's got good style too, but how do you bet against Jose in any situation? Where it comes no, you're right. It is bull riding. It yep. can go any, but look Rough at last swing. year too. You know, he was the MVP. It's going to take a team coming together as a team. Yes. They need to stub their toe and another team's got to capitalize, which we saw it happen. Nashville Stampede come from eighth to win it all last year. So yeah, um, there's some fucking hinges <clears throat> in the armor with some of that stuff. In the sense that, you know, like last weekend, the Carolina Cowboys on their average rides, their the rides that they had, they had three more rides than the uh, than the gamblers did. Yeah. But the way that they have it, where you ride against just one other team, their records were the same. So that's where that ride off came, even yeah. though their points were a lot higher on the ride score, which we've uh, we talked about with Boudreaux a little bit, but how how that should come into play when it comes to that that bonus round where who gets to pick the bulls and what set of bulls you get. Right. So I think there'll be some real changes coming in the future with, with that sort of stuff, because I do think that the Carolina Cowboys were the winners of that event last weekend in Cheyenne. And they're number they one, the best they are number there. one in the standings yeah. right now. So, yeah. uh, but a big loss talking about Sage, that's a big loss for them. He made Huge. a hell of a bull ride there on night two for, and you know what? Did you see how disappointed Sage was when he come down off that bowl in night one? Yeah, like he, he just shouldn't thought. have. Yeah, he shouldn't have. Yeah, knew it. that. Yeah. I guarantee you, he uh, he didn't shake that one off right away. That one kept him up that night for a bit. He wanted that one, yeah. um, and that's what I like about this team thing. I do. I'm all for it. It's fun watching. Fun. It is good. Yeah, yeah. I like Boudreau talks. We get them some more money. The guys are going to dig into it too. They just want to get fucking paid. You know, well, so we're going to expand to 10 teams next year by the sounds of it. And they're paying big dollars for these teams. So we'll have to see. Uh, we'll have to see what happens. See where that goes. Uh, the Arizona Ridge Riders look good. Um, we talked, you know, the on paper, the Carolina Cowboys look unstoppable, right? With the world champions and the lineup that they have, the, the money that they've spent and the draft picks, the trading that they did to start this year off. They look like the favorite on paper. Austin Gamblers with Jose and Dalton are, we talked, they're kind of the Yankees of the uh, team mm-hmm. series. And these other teams, they look solid. They still look solid. The Arizona Ridge Riders look really solid. Nick Tetz is coming on really well for them. Um, I give them shit all the time, but they've really stepped up with Colton Fritzland. Luciano's looking great. Eduardo, you know, those guys are they're going to do good this year. Too, oh yeah. Thing. They didn't have their best event, but no, that's but they not do like look them good. guys. And the, uh, Texas Rattlers, the Cody Lambert team, they look really good as well. Kind of a bunch Daniel of keeping. guys. Yeah, Daniel like keeping Brady Randolph. A fucking kid made a good ride. Yeah. They won. Like they got a bunch of kind of, you know, maybe Cody sees some different, different guys that aren't, you know, number one in the standings or in that, 
top of the realm. Some younger guys too as well. But uh, man, they rode the shit out of them. Made a bunch of good bull rides. So they're a team to keep an eye on. Uh, the Outlaws gonna have some work to do, in my opinion. Nashville, they're they're gonna probably do what they did last year. Hang in the middle, middle of the pack, yeah. and then try to send it right at the end of the year. Oklahoma, um, they look good. They're definitely missing Chase Outlaw on that team in the locker room. So you're going to need Derek Kobaba and Eli, some of those guys to uh, step up to the plate. But really fun, really fun first event that we kind of got a sneak peek at things. It's a very long season. Who's your pick, Jason? Did I pick Carolina? Well, you can if you want. Yeah. Oh, I thought we already did this. We haven't done our picks yet. No, we haven't done our. Well, we gotta picks. wait. For we should Scott. wait for Scott, I guess. Yeah, yeah, we gotta wait for Scott. Yeah, we'll get one more weekend under our belts to see who it is. See who uh, everybody's going. Which with. meant f all last year. You know who's yep. getting? You know who needs some work? I think He's I picked Nashville to, to be last last year. I think they won the whole fucking thing. Did you? <laughs> yeah. Well, they were last know, for a while. Missouri Thunder's got some work to do. Yes, they do. Yes, Freedom's really at least got some experience there. Missouri's yeah. um, yeah. young. Yeah, young. And they went on and got some Brazilians that first time in America over here. Yeah. So I, I assume they're going to be great. So we'll see where that goes for them. But um, yeah, and they made that trade for the fourth overall pick and they picked Cade Madsen, which showed out this kid and his bareback riding skills. He was at the counter yes. stampede. Yeah, oh. let's go back to Cade. I'm like, holy. Yeah. That kid, he was like full on, full pro. Could have been in the open. He won the yep, novice. I agree. He has. Handled. I didn't really know him, but we've talked about him on here, and I've heard different guys say, "Oh, he's John Krimber, good and all this sort of stuff." And we know his brother, right? And and uh, their crew. But he had a yeah. This kid in the novice bareback riding had a freaking Missouri Thunder patch on. I was like, what? What do we got here? Yeah, it's this kid. Fuck. And he's. Yeah. I heard him. Somebody say. That that was his last bucking horse that he's getting on. He's going straight bull right Yeah, now. yeah. He told me that. He's like, yeah. I'm glad I'm done with this. Jesus. Yeah. So uh, I think he could win some all around buckles. That's a, that's a wear and tear on your body though. Bull riding and bareback riding. That's yeah. not sledding anymore to do that. Jason well, Jackson. You probably don't remember that video. name. That's what he did. He rode bulls and barebacks like that. He was a two event guy back in the nineties. Jesus. Yeah, so fun to watch. They go to Kansas City, Missouri this weekend. We can uh, tune into that, which is home of the Outlaws. Hey, can um, you watch, can you re-watch the recast? If you don't watch it I live, think so. can you go yeah. back? Yeah, I think you can. Okay. You got to pay for it, but yeah, you can go back. <clears> yeah, you got to buy those little coins or whatever. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, we'll do our picks when Scott uh, gets through the high school finals. He's full on high school parent, a high school rodeo parent. Just oh, yeah. And so giving her nice. didn't even come to Kelowna. <laughs> Had to go hang out in the dust. Yeah. Hey, Wyoming. Hey. hey, one thing I want to talk about is the newest acquisition and partner with 3D Bow Riding and Zeke Thurston. Meat Eater. You like yeah, that that's one? big. That's good big, work there, buddy. Cinnamon Dick. That's a good one. Steve Rinella and the crew. That's been a long time in the works going back and forth but zeke thurston is the first uh first guy to have the meat eater brand in the rodeo western lifestyle industry and if you know anything about meat eater you know how big it is and if you don't go check them out on social media millions of followers tv show on uh netflix they're uh they're quite the crew so it's pretty cool we're gonna do some cool stuff with them stay tuned zeke uh on their podcast and on the show and a bunch of different cool stuff garrett long 
is who uh who we talked to who's our who's our insider within that crew and they're just a bunch of bunch of good dudes so it's gonna be a lot of fun to follow along with zeke and uh, the mediator crew what we can do there okay i think that gets us to where we need to be there jason okay we gotta go to our uh our segment though our segment of the uh full pro and the minors and the sunday scaries uh this segment is brought to you by riverside dodge Riverside Dodge in Prince Albert, Saskatchewan is home of the award-winning Ram Truck. They're the brand you trust to haul a trailer load of rank bulls along with your crew up front in the cab. Whether you want to go check fences or tailgate outside the next PBR event, the boys at Riverside Dodge have the right truck for you. Riverside Dodge is not only the dealer of choice in northern Saskatchewan, but also sells and services all across western Canada. Go see Ty and the gang at Riverside Dodge for a fair, no-bullshit deal on your next truck and tell them Tanner, Scott, or JD sent you. Riverside Dodge and Prince Albert is the official truck dealership and sponsor of the NFP podcast. Okay, here we go. Jason, do you got any full pro or minor league stuff that you want to get to or what? I got a scary. You got a scary? Yeah, I got a scary. I got a text from Justin Lavencher a couple weeks ago. And his name's come up a couple times on the pod. 100%. Yeah, the life of Sunday scary. I love it. Okay, hit it. Hit it. You're so scary. We're uh this would be like year one or two of of 3D bull riding, like the birth of 3D bull riding that this little regional park only about 15 miles from where I grew up at Asquith there. Eagle Creek Regional Park. Perfect. And we did this bull riding. Uh, did you ever come there? No. Jesse rode there once, actually. Yeah, yeah. yeah he rode at it. <laughs> I think he might have fought, fought bulls with me there one year, too. We only did it two or three times. Anyway, the arena was on one side of the hill, and then there was a stage and a big tent, and and it was a jambor- country music festival jamboree for the other three days. That's basically, it still exists today. So anyway, we'd had a few beers over at the arena and Lavi hijacked a John Deere Gator thingamajigger, you know, Perfect. and come flying into the dance and wipes out a kid, like a young kid. Oh, no. So I'm the promoter. I'm yep. the local. I'm, you know, I know Lavi. I know, I'm, I can't remember what kid got hit, but I know the dads that are like oh, they're gonna kill him fuck. they're gonna yep. they're literally gonna kill him yep. we had to li- we honestly had to smuggle him out of there he was gonna die oh. and they were yeah <laughs> but just was the kid okay he was okay that was yeah. the best part yeah, but it could have been really bad because yeah. he come flying into the tent with a gator like yeah. you know kind of a lavy thing to do you know <laughs> yeah. most oh, of us would have yeah. stopped back at where the fence kind of said whoa you know but not no. lavy so we got away my insurance didn't get exploded there and blown up uh on a lawsuit and lavi got to walk away and ride another day because there were some guys wanting literally he would have he'd have got hurt there, there was enough <laughs> he's tough as he would, shit too so no he wouldn't handle he wouldn't handle this crew, was old man strength town, mad mad town. old man strength yeah, when your kid gets and, and I had to lie to everybody that I had no idea who it was and where he was <laughs> and everything. And I'm whispering to whoever, get him out of God. here, you guys. Like you gotta, gotta like swim the creek to get out of here. Whatever you gotta do, yeah. you gotta get him out or he's gonna die. 
That'd be a t- that's a good Sunday scary. Wake up after you hit a kid. Yeah, that's that's a good. That is a Sunday scary. I hope you're not. But he's like, do you remember when? Do you remember? He texts me. Do you remember? And I'm like, I don't remember actually. And then he <laughs> he uh, gave me the lowdown. And I'm like, actually, I do remember that now. Yeah, I do. Thanks for the reminder. Perfect. Yeah, anybody that's got those Sunday scaries, they're fun to they're fun. Yeah, to text them on we in. Can keep them. Lavi doesn't give a shit, but we can keep them anonymous too if you guys want. So send them on in. We like hearing them. Oh, yeah, well, do it. We if we're doing anonymous ones, oh, where God. do you want? We could do a yeah, whole. You stop. Epi. You save. I know. Yeah, you save it. I got a butts. <laughs> okay, full pro, full pro segment, full pro in this uh, Western lifestyle is we kind of touched on it before, but it's going back to. Necropes, having the proper person running the necrope at rodeo events, whether it's the bareback riding or bronc riding. Is this going to um, be a Calgary Stampede story? Well, yeah, it's kind of full on amateur of me, but they had me running the necropes. I noticed I, that. And I got rope burn real bad like the first day. Oh. So, so the second day, I put gloves on. And uh, also, another Shane hint, Franklin gloves? Another hit. Like no, it was my yeah. dad's bullfighting gloves, like the old school Tiffany oh, ones. Oh, yeah. And they had yeah. fringe. They look cool. And I was like, oh, this will be awesome. Oh, burnt some holes in them too, didn't you? No, they are slippery as all fuck, turns out. So <laughs> I I jumped down there with these gloves. First guy out is former world champion uh, Jess Pope. And uh, he climbs over. And I'm just like getting it untied, right? Like just getting the rope untied. And it was first guy out. So he was getting ready. He was getting juiced up. And I'm like, don't even have any twists in it yet. I'm just getting it set. Well, he steps over. And this horse just wah, bogs it. And I mean, whoof, front paw comes over my hat, knocks my hat off like the front of my head, hits me in the arm, knocks both my arms down, bogs again. And she flips straight over backwards. The horse does. First guy out to start the Calgary Stampede. I was like, guys, I don't know what else I'm supposed to do there. And uh broke his rigging. So, oh, yeah. oh yeah. So it was not, not a good scenario. But, so this is where I'm getting at. Full pro. Four days later, Wild Bill. Bill Richards comes in. Billy comes in and runs the neck ropes and nailed it. I mean, I can run a neck rope. I can yeah, do but it. Once upon but it's a not time, my job. It is not good at job. it. Yeah. It isn't your job. I had to, I remember having to do that too when I was the arena director there. And I recall That's the rope sketchy. burns. Yeah. yeah. And then I remember a bronc rider, I'm not going to mention, I didn't get one off his neck yeah. and he come back and wanted a re-ride from the judges. Yeah. And I wanted, you know me, I'm not scared to fucking say what I'm thinking. I'm like, no, you actually rode like shit. It had nothing to do with the rope hanging on that horse's <laughs> neck. So don't try to blame it on me, mofo. Because I'm just here for, you know, the good time and being around, you know, being around here. I was, but it, it's not, it shouldn't be up to you or I, but they used to, you better send a complaint to Fez. I did a lot of events. They had, uh, prior to COVID, maybe they had guys there just running neck ropes. Yeah. Which is what you need. And guys that know what they're doing, especially like, like those bareback guys, they're so like, it's their livelihood and shit. You think they would be like, Hey. We need somebody that knows what they're doing. I'm sure Jess Pope wouldn't let me run a necro on his horse. After sorry, that. Jess, about I've never. Yeah, met I Jess, feel bad. About, bad. I did. I went and apologized to him. He was pissed too. He like just like looked at me. I'm like, well, fuck. I don't know why am I fucking doing it in the first place. Sorry, wow. And you didn't crack him. No, no, shit. Well, I mean, I understand where he's Jess, coming from. Jess, Fair I enough. was, I was sorry, but I'm glad you careful. Because yeah. you might wake up in a different zip code. That was fair. I was like, I get it. I'd be mad too. Broke your rigging and all that stuff. But I mean, so that's what I'm getting at. 
is like Pinoca, you know, there's guys strictly that run the neck ropes and that's what they do. They're good at it. Right. And lots of times they tell us that that's our job as the bullfighter. Like they have all these different jobs for you, as you know, Jason kind of old school mentality of it, but sorry, if I don't do the job right, then I'm not good at that. Right. So, well, you know, who I got to, you know, who I got to learn from and with who? Greg Kessler and Dwayne. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I'd run Dwayne, 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 yeah. Dwayne would be on the pickup horse. His yeah. <clears throat> horse's nose would be right on my shoulder yeah. while I'm holding the rope. <laughs> and Greg looking at me, you know how Greg used to stand like right on the top rung, yeah. looking down at me, like loosen it off, loosen it <laughs> off. And I'd be like, <laughs> more, more, yeah. you know? Yeah. Jeez, Buffalo got sucks. wiped out too. This he got sucks. wiped out at a rodeo up north. So he's running the neck rope. Horse hits the freaking thing and the gate runs him over and knocks him smooth out. And they literally had to get shovels to shovel out underneath of his legs to get him out of underneath the chute. Then he oh. wasn't able to fight bulls that night. What like the job that he was yeah, supposed yeah. to be doing I was there? Watching uh, some kid from Instagram video and the chutes. Yeah, he was right? running around out there That's, in jeans. Yeah. I don't know if it was a Coy Robbins post or whoever won that rodeo or whoever posted a, a good yeah. ride from there. I remember, yeah. And I've seen, I think it's like, uh, oh, what's his name? I think it's Scott something. I can't remember what his name is. He's got bulls down in the U.S. rodeo company. Same thing. He's running a neck rope. This thing, like, bogs, kicks straight sideways. And, I mean, looks like it killed him. Kicked him right in the head, knocked him smooth out when he's on the neck rope. Like, it's a dangerous job. These things are big and salty and mean it now. And they are full on. Like, yeah, you, you, you know how big a bucking down. horse is. Yeah, which I can do it. That's not what I'm saying. But when you start getting in shit and then the guys are start getting mad at you and you hear the whole Rocker Steiner thing where they're punching neck rope guys, it's like, well, get somebody that fucking is the neck rope guy. Yeah. Contractors maybe should it's have. It's the greatest outdoor contra- show on And contractors greatest- maybe for their horses, bring a guy. Get, yeah. Because they'll get mad at you if you fuck it up too. It's like, bring the guy with you then that fucking you want on. Or, rope, you know, or whoever's tying your rigging down after he's done should run the neck rope. Yeah, I, I never ever you know, wanted to turn help. horses out. I didn't ever want to be responsible for turning horses. I never said, well, I didn't have much of a choice on the neck ropes, but I hated turning horses out because when they drop their head, what are you supposed to do? Yeah. Jump yeah. down in there with oh, them. And it happens. And you don't want to fuck it up. Like, no, that's that guy. That's it's... his livelihood. That's what you want. Right. So, and nobody cares at Bruce, Alberta, but yeah. at the lazy CS, it's a different story. <laughs> different game. Yeah. And like I say, I have no problem doing it. It's kind of fun because you're in the action, but there's a lot of different aspects of it for the guys, for the horses, for everybody involved that there should be, whether the contractor brings it, whether the rodeo has it, they got to figure that out because Raymond just have random guys on the neck rope and then get mad at them for fucking not doing uh, well, the job. Our old, our old buddy, Raymond Goodman, he actually, uh, I think I must've said like, Raymond, I, this is stressing me out. I don't like it. I don't want to do it. My fucking hands are burnt up. And that bronc rider pissed me off. Like, yeah. it's not my fault. He sucked that day. It really <laughs> isn't. So, Raymond, I, I don't know if Raymond took over, but Raymond might have been the reason why they got somebody in there to start running the neck ropes. But have you ever seen Raymond's hands? Yeah, he lost a fucking rope? finger, a couple fingers from it. <laughs> I know. Yeah, it's the real I know. I, well, I, I, remember, I remember my hands. There, there might have been smoke coming out of them. And I was looking at him and Raymond's like, oh yeah, it hurts, doesn't it? Oh, and he yeah. showed me his and he, <laughs> he's missing two fingers. And I'm like, no yeah. way. He goes, oh yeah, it's 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 the real deal. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's a good visit about you know what I'm saying? Running neckties. 
And don't get it wrong where I'm whining and bitching and I don't think it's my job. I'm getting to the point of where it's a big enough ordeal for the riders, for the contractors, that somebody's got to figure out how they're going to do that, where you don't just have a random me on the neck rope where a horse flips over and breaks guys rigging or you don't get it off and it messes up somebody's score, all that sort of shit. It's a big job and a very important job that uh, needs to be looked into a little bit more. So full pro when they have uh, the right. We're going to put on a place. school. We're going to put on a school. <laughs> the NFP neck rope. Neck rope in school. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, moving on from that. Um, that was full pro, but that's actually might be a little bit of both of the minors and full pro, but uh, full pro is when, when they do have the right one involved or when the contractors uh, have the right person, but going to the minors is another, probably around the Calgary stampede, but it's the being a rat little bitch stirring shit up from the outside that you have no idea what is actually going on or are part of anything that has to do with that rodeo or with that person and you stir shit up. You know what I'm saying? Those people that are maybe uh, mad is, or they're a little I'm jealous. Waiting. I'm or, always, or they're you, you know not a part are of Are you sure you thing. didn't knock somebody out or you're no, gonna I did knock, knock somebody anybody out. out? No, I didn't knock anybody out. And I'm not going to knock anybody out. But it happens in all aspects of life. And then you go on social oh, media. Oh, are we talking about all the Facebook posts that were going on? Yeah, that's part of it. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Facebook posts and everybody and why there's not more Canadians and all these different aspects of these people that have nothing really better to do. So they just bitch about shit. They bitch about people and they have shit to say about people, but would never say it to their face or they have an opinion on somebody. So they share it or they phone somebody high up to go and look at somebody else. Because maybe they're not doing the job. There's so many different aspects, but you know what I'm saying? People that have nothing better to do but stir shit up, they're rats. They don't actually have the truths of it. They just make shit up. And then they might go on social media or they might tell other people. It happens a lot in the bullfighting world. You've seen it, Jason. Guys trying to get the job. So they do things or say things or try to do things. And that's full-on amateur hour. If you don't have the job and you can't do the job, there's a reason you're not there. And lay off the fucking rumors and stirring shit up and fucking Enjoy off. the show. Yeah, enjoy the show. You know what? I One post I read, there was this big hullabaloo going on all week about the Canadians. You brought it up about Canadians. Not enough Canadians. <laughs> and somebody made a comment on about one of the Canadians winning or Maybe it was about three of the Canadians winning. I can't. Did we win three or four? Four. Four Canadians won. Yeah. And somebody posted about and how the odds were against them. They're stacked against them. I'm like, well, exactly. They had the exact same opportunity as the other. How many contestants? 36 in each event. Is that what it was? 30, I think. 10, 10, and 10. Oh, yeah. 12, 12, 12. 12 12 in each? Yeah, 36. So tell me. I I don't know. I'm I'm looking for messages on this one. Fuck. Tell me. I do not understand. How how rider XYZ from Saskatchewan, Alberta, Manitoba, or BC had less of an opportunity as somebody from another country. That one, that blew me away right there. That's when you know what you're dealing with, with people right there. Yeah. And there's that's the thing. I know the the one big one was Nick Tetz not being there, and he's the PBR Canada champion. And we used to get the PBR Canada champion an invite to Calgary. That was a PBR sanctioned event back then, people. Yeah, it's not so, a PBR sanctioned event. 
And everybody looks at like, why do we have more Canadians in here? They all the Canadians have the exact same abilities to go and qualify as everybody that's qualified yeah, that's for that rodeo. So, no, like fuck, you don't just get in because you're a Canadian. You have to go and qualify. It's a PRCA rodeo with a qualification system on top of it. So, go down there if you want to qualify for Calgary. Go down there and go hard and get up there in the world standings to qualify for it. Just like I almost else made a post. Did. I almost made a post, but I don't do this. But I. I shouldn't even say almost. I wasn't going to, but this is what ran across my mind. I was like, yeah, let's start calling it the average outdoor show on earth. <laughs> yeah, for me, I don't give a shit. Same as when I was riding. Like, it doesn't matter where you're from, who you are. You're all people and you're all in the same qualifying system. Everybody gets like yeah. a real hard on for, we got to do it, Canada, Canadian Rodeo. That's like, no, God damn it. They take the best in the world. You want the best in the world everywhere you go. Same as a Canadian guy going down to the U.S. You don't, you're not put on a pedestal. Like you're not, it's in, not look at the Bronc riders. They're all killing it. They're all the best in the world. They're Canadians. Everybody has that excuse. Oh, you're, yeah, you have a harder time because you're Canadian, all that sort of stuff. No, it's like do better and you can go. They can't stop you from riding all your bulls, you know? That's my That's side right. of it. I've never cared where anybody's from or who gets hired or who does all that stuff because of where they're from. That that, that shit doesn't matter. It's all on. That might be why this happens. country's in the mess it's in because they they're trying to be politically correct. Yeah, fuck. on who they hire. Hire the best person. Yeah. for the job. Yeah, exactly. let the best people qualified for that position compete. Yeah, or do Pretty. the other jobs. Yeah, whether yeah. it's picking up, bullfighting, all aspects of it take the top dogs yeah oh, well that should get us some hate mail yeah for sure i'm fine with that though because there there's there's yeah. outside influences and you hear people talking and then people will bring things to you that somebody said this or somebody said this about you and, and you know for me i've dealt with it my whole career so it doesn't really bother me and i'll step up to the plate and just show what Knock i can somebody do. <laughs> yeah that's you um but yeah <clears throat> like this that cutthroat cowardly way of of you know if you have something to say to somebody say it to their face and bring it right to them don't go and try to tell a bunch of other people and then have a big kerfuffle of people all talking shit when it's not true so i'm gonna give best plug a text i'm gonna ask best plug if they're planning on changing the name of the calgary stampede (laughs) from the greatest outdoor show on earth to the the least average outdoor show on earth yeah got a nice ring to it doesn't it a nice ring to it yeah Yeah, that'll get tv ratings up yeah. So there we go. That's good. We can move on now. I think from all that, Jason, you're good with that. <laughs> a dirty laundry is aired. <laughs> dirty laundry is done. All in good fun. And yeah, thanks to everybody for listening along here. I've through Calgary and all that stuff. It's great to hear everybody that they got their feedback and they're listening in and uh, enjoy the show. Send us in all your all your stuff so we have lots of stuff to talk about and we can get your opinions too on all this sort of stuff. So. Uh, with that, we appreciate you guys. We love you guys. We got the merch coming out. We got some rodeos and bull ridings coming up. We'll be back in a couple of weeks. Our next, our next guest, which we have to touch on for people that might not know it, when we come out with it, his name is Martine Wall. This guy, uh, the movie Hell or High Water, I think it was called, of the two brothers that robbed banks in Texas. It was based off of this guy. This guy, Douglas Duncan, found him for us. And there's a documentary on them called Western, and it's going to be very entertaining. It's got some cartel talk. It's got uh, border crossing 
it's cool cowboy stuff that uh that you guys are gonna like you might not notice the name when it comes out but uh just make sure and tune in because it's gonna be very entertaining so that's a little look ahead but this week we have boudreau campbell newest 3d client yep boudreau campbell so thank you if you took anything from it don't be a rat bitch be open and be honest nobody <laughs> likes rat bitches so if you're looking in the mirror you're listening to this and you think of something that you might have done where you've started a rumor or you've done something or put something online or you're being a rat bitch just remember remember this moment don't, be. don't fucking do it don't be it okay everybody thanks for tuning in fun entertaining episode with a bigger finish with boudreaux campbell oh, that's typically been in championship rounds and Boudreaux Campbell. Give yourself a chance on the final Sunday of the finals. Keep knocking them down one at a time. Big rides like this. This, this is really impressive. Another 90 plus ride as Boudreaux Campbell steps up to home plate and hits the Grand Slam. He gets your 2020 rookie of the year and it may be an event title as well because Boudreaux is going to go back on top 90 and three quarters Boudreaux Campbell not only wins the rookie of the year title but $300,000 for winning the world finals I looked at my dad and I said I gave him a thumbs up I said we did it we won this one and I can see his crime. Our guest today is the 2020 PBR Rookie of the Year, the 2020 PBR World Finals event winner, the 2021 Velocity Finals event winner, 2017 PRCA Bull Riding Rookie of the Year. He's a three-time PBR World Finals qualifier, a five-time NFR qualifier, currently riding for the Carolina Cowboys of the PBR Team Series. He's from Crockett, Texas. It's our friend, Boudreaux Campbell. Boudreaux, how we doing, buddy? Man, that's great, great, great day here in Crockett. It's only 107 degrees, hot as shit, but uh, it's beautiful. Um, uh, glad glad to be on. Uh, and don't yeah. you go to? Isn't isn't uh, the uh, teams event in Missouri this week? Uh, Kansas, Kansas City, City, Missouri. Yep. Yeah. Oh. It's not gonna get much colder out there. No, no. <laughs> is that the same kind of humidity? In Kansas, as you guys have, or is it even? Man, I'm, I'm gonna say the humidity is a little worse down here, but there are parts of Missouri that are uh, there are parts of Missouri that are freaking really bad, humid, mosquitoes. Um, there's some good deer hunt too. Sounds like Manitoba. Crockett, <laughs> 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 you said so. You coming back from Cheyenne? I seen you were 90 at the rodeo uh fill us in how did the how the rest of it go that's all i really seen from cheyenne but obviously you made it home from there yeah no cheyenne was good for me um but just coming back from a knee injury a pcl knee injury and mcl from the pbr finals so i've just been going slow um uh when cheyenne didn't get on for the team there i was the first alternate for our team but we still we won both games we went two and oh uh, ended up Cooper come down on Mike's motive in the bonus round. Jose rode I'm legit two, and they were able to win it. So unfortunately, we didn't get the win, but we're still I think number one team in the league yeah. going into this weekend. Yeah, so that's a good that. deal. 
And then at the rodeo for me, uh, bucked off the first day, come back the second day. I was 90 points on Melanie's dream of bull Chad Burgers. Been wanting to get on that bull forever. I know I knew he was going to feel good and ride good. And uh, I was glad to do it there in Cheyenne where he's 90 points. I made it back to the semifinals and uh, got absolutely dick slammed in the semifinals. <laughs> <laughs> Folded up like a lawn chair on the back of my head and drove all the way home from Cheyenne. So that's about how it went for me. I'm ready for next year. <laughs> <laughs> so is uh, is rodeo part of the schedule now? Kind of getting um, back into that thing or what's going on? No, rodeo is not part of the schedule right now, but going to Cheyenne and just seeing the boys again, like all the guys that I used to rodeo with and stuff, makes me want to rodeo again. So I think come October, I'm going to have my card and I'm going to go pretty hard in October so I can try to get into rodeo Houston, San Antonio, stuff like that. And I really want to get back to that NFR because honestly, being to the PBR finals and all that, I don't think there's a better rodeo than that NFR. It's so, so cool. The history behind it, the Thomas and Mag, it is just amazing. Yeah, yeah them yellow shoots, man. Oh. What a draw. Yeah. I don't do too much rodeoing at all, but I do enjoy the NFR. I do. Yeah. Like oh, yeah. all the events. I don't mind watching all of them even there. And yeah, the it's so fast. It's a good show. You know, I mean, there's no yeah. stopping. And 15 well, guys, right? That's how you're riding. Yeah. Yeah. And and some nights only two stay on. Yeah. Yeah. And the money. guy's going to get paid. Like Josh Frost last year was like 58 points, one. Yeah, he won second behind Stetson. Yeah, that was the night Stetson. Hey, okay, we've talked about this with other guys since we just brought it up. What's your opinion on that counting for a world title, though? Oh, I have mixed emotions about it. Um if so, it's you winning it, you're all for it. If it's not yeah, you, you're yeah. totally that, against that's, it. I've been in both spots. You know, I've come into the NFR and I've been second in the world before. And I've I've been the guy like, I don't want that money to count because if someone is in 15th and wins it and passes me, I'm going to be pretty mad. He's just passed me on one bull. But yeah. I was also the guy in 15th too. I was like, I need to count. That's my chance to win, you know. And so – I, it goes both ways for me. Uh, everybody likes a good underdog story, so hell yeah, why not? Sure, fuck it, make it count. If you didn't want it to count, you should have stayed on. Yeah, yeah, good fair point. Enough. Yeah. Well, I hate to mess up your October plans, Boudreaux, but Tanner said you're coming back up here to compete at some of our PBR Canada events, make our finals. Yes, sir. I want to really bad. Uh, I've been getting my schedule together. I don't know which one. I've been talking to Nick Tets, and so. Yeah. He's been he's telling with him on a, a team and me on a team. He's been telling me which ones we can make and which ones go up there. I think there might be one during the week up there, ain't there? Yeah, yeah, we got a couple. Saskatchewan or Saskatchewan? Saskatchewan. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's where I'm at, buddy. That's where I'm at. That's me. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's where Tanner that's and I call home is in yeah. Saskatchewan. That's where we're Saskatoon, at. Yeah. Saskatchewan. Is there, a, is there a PBR coming up there? Saskatoon. Well, yeah. yeah well, yeah. no coronation, probably. You're, they're talking about that's oh, Alberta. Yeah. I don't think we have any more Sasky events except for yours. Mine at yeah. my house. Yeah, September eight and nine. Yeah. Well, that'll be a few. We'll get you lined out. Speaking of Nick Tets, though, that's kind of cool. I like that you brought that up. Uh, he seems to be fitting in really solidly down there. Our uh, Canadian champ from last year. You've got to. You got to see him at the World Finals and stuff. He really seems like he's coming into his own down there right now, huh? Man, oh, oh, Nick, he's a stud, and he's good at the uh, golf course, too. 
Yeah. He, I went golfing with him one time. He's pretty solid at that. But yeah, Nick's the stud. He uh he stayed on one for the Ridge Riders over there in Cheyenne. He was uh I think he was one of the only ones to stay on for that him. day was yeah. Yeah, and he just needed some help that day. But yeah, no, Nick's a stud. I like Nick. We get along good and uh man can hit the crap out of a golf ball. Holy cow. <laughs> He's a pretty good hockey player too. Well, being from Canada, you got to learn be good at hockey or they don't accept you. That's kind of it. Yeah. <laughs> hey, uh, I want to get into some team stuff uh, a little bit later on as we go here. But since you brought up Cheyenne, that was the first one of the year for the newly presented team of the Carolina Cowboys with a whole bunch of swinging dicks in that locker room of world champions and stacked up teams. So what's the locker room vibes like? Is everybody buddies around there? You know, that can kind of get when everybody's the the dog, you know, you got yeah. all the superstars. Is it, is it good or is it everybody kind of doing and, their own thing? How is it? So Cheyenne was, we were still kind of all together. You know how Cheyenne set up. We were just, we were all kind of just back there together. And, um, so really, we didn't get to really feel that vibe yet. I imagine this weekend in Kansas City, Missouri, when we're all separate, have our separate rooms, we're really going to get to feel that. But um, Sage just broke his collarbone in Cheyenne, so he'll be out for at least a month and a half, maybe. And so uh, I don't know how it's going to be. I, I think everybody's going to get along good. You know, Josh is goofy, and I can get along with anybody. Yeah. So what's your, what's your role? Do you feel like, I know last year you were kind of getting on all the hard ones for the team from what it looked like and kind of the ones that nobody wanted to get on. You were like, I'll fucking take them on. And is that kind of the same role this year as well as locker room style? Maybe you're the one that keeps everybody calm is dancing around, having a good time, making sure everybody's loose and cool. What's going on in there for you? Yeah. I try to keep everybody on their toes, uh, joking around, loose and cool. Um, I don't like anybody uptight or acting hard. So that's kind of my role. But, yeah, I'll probably get on all the hard-to-ride bulls anyway just because I'm the only one that don't really care. Well, I bet Josh Frost don't care either. He's a good cowboy. <laughs> he don't really mind getting on anything, and so that's good. Sandro Batista, we got a couple of Brazilians we could throw on them mean bulls too. They're pretty bad. Yeah, like that red-white face thing that threw him over the fucking face. I was, I was <laughs> Jerome, Jerome called me that day. He's like, hey, what you think about Red Demon? I was like. Uh, uh, nothing's changed. Um, yeah, I'll take you What do you think? Yeah, I'll take that and ten minutes later, he calls me. He's like, hey, I think we're going to put Sandra on here. I was like, ah, sounds good. That'll work. If we have to. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, yeah, nothing's changed. Okay, yeah, I'll do it. Yeah, here we go. So is, uh, is that kind of how you prep, well, like the individual series too, at the Borines and stuff, like just try to keep it cool, loose and cool in the locker room, or is there serious moments where you get in a zone, you know, different guys go through different preparations. Uh, is there a certain regiment that you go through in that locker room two hours, hour before the show, or is it always loose and cool and trying to have fun? Uh, it's always loose and cool trying to have fun for me. For me, I usually, about when intros start or when I'm climbing up on the back of the budget shoes, that's kind of when I get serious and get into my mode. Um, in locker room, I'm just playing around, having fun, just like another day anywhere. Excuse me. Anywhere else. I'm just hanging out, having a good time. Might go try to get a beer or two if they know where we're at, you know? Yeah. And then when you climb over the chutes, you get that dog in you. I've seen yeah, that before. When right? I walk out there for intros or go to put my rope on the alleyway, it's game time. I get serious. Uh, I don't really like talking to anybody. I don't want nobody talking to me. Um, it's time to focus, do my job. After that, we'll go have fun. 
yeah. <laughs> I was uh I was just catching up on the the ride that series that followed you guys around last year. I haven't watched any of it, and then I knew that you had a had a part in it, so I tried to catch a few of those this morning. The ones that uh, that you were a part of, and what did you uh, what did you think of that old situation? My biggest question for it was, uh, did anybody get in trouble for like shit that went down? Because it was like full on like a Netflix type documentary where there was cameras and microphones on you all the time. They had coaches motherfucking around and everybody swearing and cussing Mason Taylor, kicking the, kicking the TV guys out of the room. Was there anything afterwards in the locker room that, that came up that you guys were like, Oh, I really wish they wouldn't have fucking aired that. Uh, I mean, so I, I the really first couple of events with that mic on, we it was fine. Everybody was like, "You mic'd up, you mic'd up, y'all." Yeah. Well, then we all started to forget we were mic'd up every <laughs> event. Then it got bad. We got to saying some shit. I can only imagine what them camera people heard on that mic. <laughs> I mean, I I noticed when I started watching it. I noticed me. I didn't like it when they caught me throwing a fit one time in the locker room. I didn't like that. And then I did, I cussed a lot. I don't really notice that. And like, but when I'm with all the guys in the locker room, you intend to cuss a lot more than you would do at the house. Well, yeah, it's locker room talk. That's yeah. Yeah. When I'm over there motherfucking and mother effing and bitching this and motherfucking this, it's like, oh, wow, wow. Wow. (laughs) I get you. I can't listen to these back because I swear so much on here and I get in trouble. Oh, Tanner gets lots of hate mail. He's he's got lots of fans. Yeah. Well, it's easy. Well, nobody may. We don't like this. Doesn't show up in your inbox, and you have to listen to it. Like you have to subscribe and get. Like, don't listen to it. Yeah, that's what this is for. I've said that. If we're on TV or you're doing like an interview or something, that's different. But same as that documentary. That's what they want is real, and they want that behind the scenes stuff. And they probably love it when you do forget that you're mic'd up. But they did a good job. Was it kind of cool, like to look back and and see that like full professional? They did a really good job, and they made you guys look really really cool. I thought. I honestly thought they did a good job. I haven't watched all of them yet, but um, I've gotten a lot of compliments on it. And uh, this is never, I mean, you know, people in your hometown, they know you and stuff. But I was like six hours away at my dear lady the other day, walked out of tractor supply, and this guy, him and his family jumped out of the truck and they were asking me if I was Boudreaux from the ride. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I was like, cool. yeah. So that, that was kind of cool. That's never really happened before. And uh, I thought they did a really good job. Probably could have used the beeper a little bit on our language, but other than that, <laughs> I thought it was real. really cool. I thought it was a really cool series, and I think it, it helped the sport. Did they did they set anything up like, or was it all natural? You know, some of those shows can try to get you to do something or try to get you to have some drama they, with somebody else, anything like that, or was it all just they didn't what set you did? no uh, they didn't set no drama up that you would try to, but I just don't think no the brothers gave them anything. Yeah. Um, and everything was real scripted at the house. Like, uh, I think me and my dad had to change a tire one day on a trailer. Like he was really, we were backing up to go somewhere and it, it broke or something broke on it. And so like all that stuff was pretty real. I don't know about everybody else's. Um, I know the stuff I did was pretty real and they never really got us try to, I mean, they might ask questions about rivalries yeah. and stuff, but yeah. yeah what, was, speaking of the ranch, crazy. what's, what's every day at home for Boudreaux Campbell in between weekends? What's the day look like? Uh, this morning I went and worked out this morning. Then I went and played around at nine of mm-hmm. golf. 
Mm-hmm. I didn't shoot very good today, so I'm trying to get better off. to beat Nick Tets, are you? Yes, I gotta throw. I'm gonna throw all my clubs away that I used today because they were terrible. <laughs> Go buy some new ones. Uh, man, other than that, mess with some bulls. I like raising bulls. There's no money in it. Uh, we got a lot of bulls at the house, so I'm always riding horses, roping, messing with bulls. I like to bug bulls at my house. I don't like getting on them myself. But I like other people to come get on them. Um. <laughs> Stuff like that, I jack around all the time. I'll go to the Mexican restaurant and down about two margaritas, and then I'll have to go take a nap. <laughs> two two margaritas will get me down bad. Uh, you talk about the bulls at your house, and that was something that I wanted to touch on. We're gonna go back to your to your youth here in a bit, but uh, you're all you guys seem to always be helping. Like there's always kids. And you got like rope and steers. You got all sorts of these different levels of animals. It's not like you got just a bunch of heaters that you're getting kids to come get on your young bulls. You're like really trying to develop young kids. It seems like around there, right? There's always a bunch of people around there and you guys are always bucking stuff for them. Yeah. So my dad really enjoys helping all the kids out, like with the steers and stuff. He's had steers my whole life. So when I started out and he knew I wanted to take it serious, he uh, pretty much just went all out, bought me an arena, bought me all kinds of stuff, set it up at our place, and bought all these steers. We had a guy that rope steers across the street from us, and we'd go over there every day, and my dad would pick up steers. And I'd get on, there'd be some weeks I got on 20 head of steers during the week after school, just trying out steers. And finally, my dad started putting on youth rodeos, and my whole youth career, he was hauling animals, bucking animals, and I'm Talking some bucking steers, steers that turn back in the gate, you'd be 84, 85 points on. <laughs> and he just enjoys it so much. I tell him all the time how I want him to get out of it and let's start raising some like beef stock and stuff like that. But honestly, he loves helping them kids. He loves, loves to give back. He loves all them calf riders coming over and he just, he likes working with them. He really does. Yeah, that's kind of shows, I think, your guys' character, yours as well. Like, there's no money in it, obviously, but it's just helping those kids. And, and we've went away from that quite a bit in our sport where it's mostly about the bulls and getting your bulls bucked. So you need stuff like that to keep these young guys still going. Oh, for sure, for sure, yeah. Like, everybody just wants to have a big bull competition or just a lot of money at it. Well, you got to have bull riders to have a bull riding. If you wanted a bull competition, you can buck them all with dummies, but... Yeah, well, take me back. Then you brought your dad up, and from what I'm gathering, your dad raised you on his own, and it seems like you kind of guys kind of like grew up together. Like you're more best buds than anything, and you go back and forth. We're more like we're best buds, but there's some times we're like a married couple. Me and him, we fight like cats and dogs and argue. We're so much, we're so much alike. We just butt heads and. uh, yeah, my dad has taught me everything in my life, how to work hard, how to do everything, grad bulls. I don't know if that's a good thing, but <laughs> my dad taught me everything I know, and uh, I'm so thankful for him. He was very hard on me, though, growing up. You know, I didn't have that mom figure. I didn't have that soft soft spot in my life. I just had him, and it was always go, 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 and suck it up. He was never, never gave up on me. Like he, uh, he was very, very hard. Was it always, was it Tough always love, bull riding? Man. Tough love. Tough love. Uh, no, I've, I've done pretty much every rodeo event. I rode the pony bareback horses and then I quit that when they got bigger. I tried shoot dogging, wasn't very good at that. 
Um, tried saddle bronc, didn't really like that. Um, I really enjoyed team roping and calf roping and riding bulls. I just won. I won everything riding bulls, and my dad really wanted me to team rope. I was pretty good at team roping, but I just you know, I beat everybody at riding bulls, and that's what I fell in love with. I uh, I played with these little stuffed animals as a kid. I would just pretend they were bucking bulls all the time, and my dad said I didn't grow all that till I was sixteen, but that's a lot. <laughs> well, it seemed to work out for you. You're just shy of a million dollars in PBR earnings here, which is the last five years of earnings. So it's worked out all right, I'd say. Yeah, not bad. Not bad. That's pretty cool. Um, I've that's, that's really cool, honestly. I've never really looked at it. I wonder how much I've won in the PRCA. Yeah. That's always a question I've wanted to ask myself, too. You could buy some... Uh, Hold my beer. You could buy some more fucking dolls to play with. <laughs> no. I've done I I transferred from the dolls and I'm I'm trying to buy land. Hey, they yeah. don't make they don't make no more of that. Yeah, get you some of that. So then you uh then you kind of grow up in that. You your dad hauls you down the road. You win the was it the mini bulls or the youth bull riding? Is there a difference in that? Or I don't you guys have uh, like mini bulls or had, young bulls like we have hockey up here. Like they're like, you guys yeah, are all riding. YBR world youth bull riding deal that we started going to. Yeah. And I wanted, I think, in the calf riding, the steer riding, and maybe the senior steers or junior bulls, something like that. But yeah, me, Cannon Cravens, that's where I met Chase Outlaw the first time when I was a little bitty kid. And uh, I met a lot of guys that come up through Abilene through that YBR youth deal. And and it's pretty cool. My dad's actually leaving at two in the morning, taking a whole lo two loads of tr trucks and trailers up there to a stop to Abilene for the YBR World Youth Finals. And uh, it's a pretty cool deal that they do for all them kids. They'll have 50, 60 mutton busters in the event, 70, 80 calf riders, 70, 80 junior steer riders, 70, 80 yeah. senior steer riders. And it, it goes all week long, all day long. It's pretty cool. Fuck, well, yeah, here's cool. your PRCA earnings, Boudreaux, 898000 So not a bad, not a bad, uh, you're looking at just shy of 1.8 million over the last five years. Pretty impressive. So I need, you got uh, 1.8 million in your bank account right now. <laughs> <laughs> For our audience that's just listening, that was a that was know. definitely a head nod <laughs> to the no. Um, but I will say I've wasted a lot of money partying and stuff like that. I've had plenty of good times, and yeah. I'll spoil myself. Like I'll have a van and stuff, and I'll go buy a room to sleep in because I always say. Yeah. I'm going to make it anyway. I'll make it right back. Oh, That's right. I Invest in yourself, work. brother. Invest in yourself. Yeah. And it's it's not wasting money when you're having a good time. That's right. No. I'm just saying. Like, if <laughs> you're I making memories. Ditches, you're making memories. If I got to dig ditches when I'm done, the way I look at it is I had 35 years of fucking fun time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> not digging ditches. <laughs> There's lots of time later. Yeah, yeah there's lots of money. time later for hard work and labor. Yeah, exactly. Not right now. <laughs> blood and tears. Keep living right now, man. I do got 30 acres with the pipe fences all the way around it. I just got to start saving up to build a house. Everything's <laughs> getting expensive. Tanner, Tanner knows all about it now. Ask him how it's going. He goes, yeah, this works. Yeah, Tanner's sucks. got a whole basketball team. Yeah. <laughs> getting there. Family band, man. I did not know you had that many kids. I like, had three. I, I just seen them all get out of the car. It was like one, two, five, seven, nine. 
<laughs> it's cold up here. We got to do something. Y'all's <laughs> TV broke. <laughs> oh, that's funny. So you talk about your dad and um, raising you and bringing you down the road and stuff like that. But you kind of hinted on that maybe that wasn't the best thing that he taught you how to ride bulls. But was there somebody in your life that that gave you the fundamentals of bull riding? Did you go to any schools or was there something, somebody you watched or other than your dad, probably who was your biggest influence on your bull riding career? Well, another one, I love to watch J.B. Mooney. And yeah. I mean, he was a dragon slayer for a long time. But honestly, I look up to Sage Kinsey on how he rides bulls nowadays. And I, uh, not knowing it at the time, but when I was able to turn 18 and start going with Sage, I didn't really like him at all. Didn't really think much of him. And then just as I matured and as he matured, I really like how he explains how to ride bulls and how he like getting a hold of your legs and stuff like that. But growing up, no, not really anybody, just my dad. And my dad, we'd watch a lot of PBR. And so we'd watch, uh, we'd watch you. And then just, we'd hear Jess McBride explain it on TV and stuff. And my dad would kind of copy that and start telling me stuff like that. But, uh, other than that, no, no coach. I think I went to a Mike Liebel run school, and Holy my dad said I was shit. like four years old. I was, yeah, no, I was like four years old. He hauled the animals too. I wasn't even old enough to be there, but I was. My dad had all the animals, and the only thing I remember is I remember I was riding a steer and he stopped, and I this is my first steer. Mike said, "I right, get off." Well, the bullfighters usually pulled me off that time. Well, I didn't get <laughs> off, and he shoved me to the ground so hard I cried. And, uh, yeah, I will say Mike Lee taught me how to get off. <laughs> oh, no kidding. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's all I remember from that day. Like, I just remember I was on a steer sitting still and, wow. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember anything else from that camp. My dad said he would get us on a horse with a flank rope and he'd have them kids. I didn't do it, but he'd have that horse. He'd get a buggy whip. No. And he get that horse to run in full blast and tell them boys to bail out. Holy fuck. Yeah. Yeah. I think he's had some issues with some school problems. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be scared to bail out on a horse running 9-0. I mean, damn, yeah. if you own a bull that's running 9-0, I suggest you don't get off. Yeah. Hang on until he slows down. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, then so 18 hits you go rodeoing right away. You didn't want to go to the PBR. I know you went CBR for a bit. I know like mm -hmm. Trey Benton, uh, Eli Vaspiner, some of those are your pretty good buddies, right? You think you said travel to Sage, but was it kind of the crew that you were around was doing that at the time, or what made you go CBR and uh, off the hop? So I was real good friends with Kobe Radley, and he had his permit a year before I did, and I seen him somewhere. Maybe I had an amateur video, and he was like, hey, what do you, when you turn 18? I was like, I turned 18 in August of 2016. And I was like, so I turned 18, and I was like, I, I'm going to buy my permit, and I can go to Liberty, all these rodeos around here. I was like, oh, perfect. Well, I'll get, I'll have my card then, so I'll just, me and you will go. Well, come that time, I was going to CBRs already, and uh, I was getting, I was doing pretty good at the CBRs, decent enough to keep going to them. So I was doing that. And then I was going to start rodeoing with Jacob O'Mara and Kobe Radley. So me and Kobe, we strike out in their, Jacob's truck and camper. And we're going to go for like a, this is before San Antonio. So this is come January. This is like Fort Worth and all this. Well, I'm still on my permit. I don't even think I have it filled yet. And come Fort Worth in January, I fill my permit. And I buy my card February. 
me and Kobe, and I was like, hey, it's my rookie card, and it was already his. And I was like, well, I really want to go hard. Me and you both need to go hard the rest of the summer, and we need to make a run at it. Well, Jacob Mara got tired of rodeo, and he flew home. So he kind of taught me how to enter Kobe. And so in 2017, I took over the entry system, and me and Kobe rodeoed all year long, and I ended up making the finals that year in 14th, and Kobe just missed it. Yeah. And while we were rodeoing that year all year long, we decided to go to college together. So me and him both went to Panola, and we uh, I failed out first semester, and he stayed there for two years and got a degree. <laughs> I failed that first semester. <laughs> Oh, that's cool. And then CBR But it was a fun first year. semester, I guess. <laughs> yeah, Man, I had a whole month and a half off from rodeoing, and I was 18 going to my first NFR in college with my own house. Yeah. Yeah. Was... A lot of flops. <laughs> so were you, were you, you think you were too young to, like, understand the accomplishment that you made? Like, you'll look back and understand that you made the NFR at 18, and that's going to be something that you're going to look back on, which is a huge accomplishment. But at the time, were you just rolling and just having fun? Didn't even really realize that you made those yellow bucket shoots, which most people just dream of their whole life? Yeah, like, at the time, I was – I graduated high school in May, started college that winter, and I was going to an NFR, and I, I did – I was just like, oh, cool, this is awesome. Like, dang, I got, I got, that's pretty cool. I got lucky. I'm about to go out to the NFR, boys. Got a new jacket, vest, a new gear bag. Yeah. yeah. When I got there, it started to sink in. Like, it really didn't sink in until I got there. And then when I got there, I was like, oh, okay, this is kind of real. This is cool. When I rode into the arena Wednesday, and there was nobody in the stands or nothing. We're going for grand entry practice. And I ride in the arena, and I thought I thought I was about to have a heart attack. I start pouring sweat. My hair stands up on the back of my neck. I'm like, "Oh shit, yeah, I've been I've been waiting to be here since I was a baby." Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Any wrecks? Any wrecks in the intros? Did you ever fall off? No, but the first year, my fifth round horse, like the fifth round, I don't know what happened. He was the best horse. Come round five, the. Oh, 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 all the way down the pin, and I did proceed to mess my felt hat up, hat whipping. He went down the pin, so that was pretty cool. But no wild wrecks while I was there. I will say, when you're riding in on that grand entry hauling butt, come about that sixth, seventh round, your horse is trying to take your knee off on that corner post. You better be riding high left. <laughs> coming in there <laughs> failed out of uh college first semester but that means you obviously got through high school that I, i'm trying to imagine what what your high school career was like in your educational style was it a little bit tough on you man i was very very smart i was good at math i was very good at math everything else though hated it i, I could pass i could get by without even doing homework and stuff like that but I did not like to read. I didn't like history. I didn't like anything that had to do with reading words on a paper. But you give me a math problem with some letters and stuff in it, I'll figure it out. Just give me a second. Damn. Anything else? Anything else? No. No, I hated it. So I got by. I passed all right. I mean, I'm not going to say I was a straight A's, but I made some A's, a couple B's, a lot of C's. <laughs> <laughs> well, you had to be half smart to do the entering that, you, like you say, like we've talked about this before on the podcast, and how like Cody Wright enters most all those guys in that crew, and like I had Bo Hill to enter for me, and there's no way I could figure out which rodeos to hit and how to hit them all. So you had to have some sort of fucking science behind I, that. 
I thank my dad for that because he called me at, when I turned 15. I think you can you can kind of amateur radio down here. It's called UPR and CPRA. Yeah. Well, we have amateur radios in Texas, just like they got pro radios all over the world, except for just in Texas. So you can make a whole pro radio run just in Texas with amateur radios, kind of. So my dad, he called me. Sat me down and he gave me these two magazines. I think one was Humps and Horns. Oh, yeah, or I remember something that. else. Mm-hmm. And he gave me these two magazines. He said, Look, you see these radios right here? You see these stock contractors? He's like, Yes, sir. He's like, Well, here's this number. Look, you see the entry days that entry's open, entry's closed. I was like, Yes. He's like, All right. He showed me how to do it. He called me in my first one. He said, All right, from now on, you enter yourself in every rodeo. And if you don't enter, you're not going. Because, I mean, you're old enough to take over now. I'll drive you until you turn 16, but it's, it's on you now and your fees that's on you. You pay everything. Cool. And so when I, I took it over from then and I amateur rodeoed, I called myself in and I think that's what taught me how to rodeo. Yeah. That's a good thing. Hey, not coddled. Because I can, enter, I can, I can have a, I have a bet. I can make up a good run real quick. Not that you're going to get out like you want to, but it's just about making a big circle and don't be backtracking on yourself and stuff like that. It's, that's not hard. So what what brought you to the, the PBR? You went to the NFR five times. Was it the last year you went to the NFR? You did both, or did you do that a couple no, times? No, I made – so the last two years I made the NFR, I did both. Well, last three three years, I think. Yeah, last three years because 2020 yeah. – no, two years, 2020 and 2021. Yeah, I didn't go in 2022. So 2020 and 2021, I made it in both NFR and PBR finals. And uh, I wa- I've i been wanting to go to PBR my whole life because that's what I watched as a little kid. Um, and I wanted to win the gold buckle more than anything else. And so I come over to the PBR when I thought my body was ready and more mature, grown up, ready to and learn how to ride all kinds of bulls. And I come over here and I realized – it's a lot different over here. The bull power, the ground, just the atmosphere, everything's a lot different. So it took me a minute to start learning how to win other than the finals, the PBR finals. I'm talking about a full season. But, uh, yeah, just coming over here, the PBR, um, not that I wanted to just give up the PRSA. It's just um, I kind of think this is how the PBR format is. I take a guy – I mean, you can do both, but I got to do them both, and I was so tired of riding freaking bulls, man. I went – one year I went twenty two days in a row get on the bull. Damn. Yeah, that's a lot. Uh, There's not many guys that have done that. Like you could count. What it, right? what did you think of the Globe Life experience in twenty twenty for the National Finals Rodeo? Globe Life Field. Man, I thought it was really cool, but it's not Vegas, not at all. Yeah. Um I have a famous quote, round ten, I get bucked off. I think I only stayed on one or two bulls that year. It's a terrible year. Right after I won the PBR finals. And I uh yeah, you probably cost some fantasy rodeo guys a lot of money. Yeah, I was I gonna think. ask you that too. You think it was the World Finals hangover that NFR? Because I remember going in, I'm like, oh, he's gonna fucking win yeah. everything. Yeah, yeah it was definitely the World Finals hangover because after that, I stayed drunk for two weeks straight. <laughs> and before the PBR World Finals, I was working out every day, getting on bulls, grinding, getting it right. I win the PBR World Finals. Go to Corpus Christi, I wreck a scooter, break my wrist. I ride all 10 rounds of the NFR with a broke hand. Freaking just complete idiot. Go complete idiot. So I get, I, I deserve that. That was my fault. Yeah, I cost a lot of guys money that that uh, NFR. And the 10th round, I looked at the camera and said, fuck this place. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, NFR ain't never been back. True that. 
skin them out. Jeez. I hate the Rangers. Glasses. <laughs> Walk us through the World Finals, though, before we skip over that. 2020, you win the Rookie of the Year. You win the World Finals. Something, again, is uh, on most guys' dream list that never gets to to come through, come true. Other than winning a world championship, probably the hardest thing to win is the uh, the event at the World Finals. So you did that, walked right through them all. Kind of that last bull kind of came out backwards and all that sort of shit that went on. But you look like you were just dialed, right? Right, heartbreak kid. You had a bunch of bulls that guys didn't ride. Was there something different about that week? Were you just in a zone, or uh, walk us through kind of that 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 moment in that World Finals win? Uh, cracking heartbreak kid was, uh, was a big one for me. And so after that, I kind of just rolled into the next day, I had a good draft pick and, uh, I've never really seen these bulls, but there's a bull that I watched on in the short round of these PBRs that called him bullseye. I didn't ride him every time, but they rode him for 90 plus a couple of times. And I remember Stetson Orange like, yeah, he's good. He's a little stout, but he's good. Well, I get on this bull, and I remember I was second out the second day, and this bullseye bull run in there, and this he was big, and like I've been on plenty of big bulls before, but it's not like these. This one was like muscled up, healthy, and I was like, oh, dang, I picked this one, <laughs> <laughs> and I got on him, and he did. He yanked on me a little bit, but I stomped his ass for like eighty nine points, and after I rode that one, I was on cloud nine. Wasn't really worried about what I got on the rest of the week because uh, they weren't all gonna. They were. They could have been. They could have been bushwhacker, and it didn't matter at that point. Got on safety meeting the next day, and uh, I I used to have problems losing my feet real bad. My knee was on top of safety meeting's neck, stopping me from going over his head. And when I was doing that, still riding him, I thought that was pretty cool. And just rolling right on into the last day, bucking for cash. I came in second. I fell off the round before. I picked a bull that I thought was going to go right around left, and I jumped over there, and he just faked, went right, threw me off. So I come back second. to get on bucking for Cat Jeremy Walkers and just how my buddies there helping me, nod my head, and the bull just kicks up in there and just comes out left. And I'm not – I'm not going to lie. Honestly, I was I, – this is how much of the zone I was in. I rode that bull and got off, and I forgot I was at the World Finals. Like, I was like, oh, shit. Damn, I just rode in the short round. Holy fuck. For win. Like, I, that's how much of a zone I was in. Like, I get off that bull. Like, I'm riding, and I know what I'm supposed to be doing riding, and I get off and I land on my feet, and, like, I'm like, oh, shit. Damn, I just did win the World Finals. Or I did just stay on in the short round at the World Finals. Like, I just – it was crazy that moment. I didn't realize what I did. And I still, yeah. it still took me a minute, even after that whole day, going home to realize what I did. Yeah. That's when you're in the zone, hey? Everybody, like, you fight to get in that moment, mm. in that zone, your whole career, right? And There's only a couple there. times, like, yeah. you're in that whole zone, and it's it's weird, man. Nothing else. Like, you don't – it's just like on TV. Everything else is blurred out. You don't hear nothing. You don't see nothing. You're just – In it. So for you and your dad, how was that moment? Just him raising you, you guys being on your own. You have really no other coaches like you talked other than Mike Lee, but we can we'll bring that up. <laughs> I think that's gonna be my new go-to for you. Is that Mike Lee? That's okay. Uh, but anyways, you and your dad in that moment, was he back behind the shoots? Where was he at? And what no, was that kind of embrace? Co- like? It was COVID, and I think he could have got back there, but I don't. I think he might have been more nervous than I was. 
So I don't think he wanted to be back there. But yeah, after I won it, they brought him down from the stands and he was in the arena. And uh, we just thumbs up. And it was a pretty special moment. I might have teared up. I definitely know he teared up. And uh, it was cool. a very special moment for me and my dad just because I was like, yeah, we made it, man. We did it. Thank you. Yeah, he he worked hard, man. He, we used to live in a big, big, big house. And when him and my mom got divorced, we he gave up everything just to keep me. And uh, he come, we he used to live in a trailer. And now we both got our own ranch, nice places. And it's all from him working hard. So it's pretty cool. Awesome. Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah, yeah. That is cool. So the ups and downs of the sport, that's probably the highest of highs. Uh, going to some of these injuries that you've had, I know that uh, the biggest one that stands out for me that we talked about is the the skin graft situation, right? There's a lot of our listeners kind of really don't understand the injuries that, that you guys go through, the broken bones. Look at that fucking thing. So what's going on? What happened there? For those that are he's showing, me, showing us his arm. When I was uh, 16, um, going into my junior year of high school, a bull at my house. I, my dad was like, hey, Bujo, get on this bull. I was like, nah, man, I wasn't even going to get on today. He's like, why? Are you scared? It's like, all right, load him up. <laughs> my dad loads this bull up, and I ride him. And when I'm riding him, I'm, like, pointing at him. I was like, how about this bull now, huh? How about this bull now? Well, it ended up being a bad get off. The bull guy's got it. Right up under him. Yeah, I land up right up under him, and his new claw steps on my arm, and it just blows it open all nasty and stuff. Didn't break no bones. It blows it open. I'm like, ow. Wrap it up. Me and him were going to the hospital, and the whole way to the hospital is like, you effing dumbass. Why the fuck would you ever do that? You always got to pay attention when you're on the back of a boot. I'm like, dad, my arm's on the fall out. Ah. <laughs> We're sitting there arguing, and they get me to Crockett, put me in an ambulance, get me to Dallas, and uh, this doctor comes in there. He sews my arm up, and uh, they send me to ICU that night. I get real, real sick, and I'm throwing up, and my dad, he said he could smell my arm and it started to stink real bad and he can just smell it getting infected. So he asked for another group of doctors to come look at me. Well, another group of doctors come looked at me and they took me back for what was supposed to be a 30 minute surgery turned into four and a half hours. That infection had again got my fascia or fascia or whatever is running up my arm. And uh, it about killed me that night and uh, about lost my arm. Luckily, that team of doctors, I went through 11 surgeries in 12 days, and that team of doctors was able to save my arm and everything else. Just had to lose a couple muscles in it. Damn. Wow. Talking to a few of our uh, of our close friends here when I was, knew that you were coming on the uh, the podcast here, they were talking about that skin graft, but they talked about maybe a tattoo that might have been a worse injury for you in Coeur d'Alene. Oh, my gosh. So that's this shirt. I was wearing this shirt. Nick, me and Nick go golfing in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. And Nick, he's smart. He's smart. He don't drink as much as I do. And so <laughs> I I was throwing him back on the golf course. And half of the other guys that were in our group, it was Eli Bassbinder's birthday. There's a big group of us. Eli Bassbinder, Chase Outlaw, Colton Fritzland, Nick. I think Chase Doherty might have been there. There's a bunch of people. Anyway, half of us go golfing. Tate Palmer. Half of us go golfing. The other half just goes exploring quarter lane. Well, we just get trashed on the golf course, and the people that were exploring get trashed. Realize birthdays. It's birthday. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> 
we're getting drunk, and I get back to the hotel, and I'm real drunk. And uh, I'm like, where's Eli, Chase, and Colton? They're like, oh, they're at the tattoo shop. There's a tattoo shop connected to our hotel. Lucky. So I just take off running. I run in the tattoo shop. I'm like, I'm a peacock. You got to let me fly. You got to let me fly. <laughs> and so I, I get in there, and the guy, I'm like, what are we getting? And Eli's like, a bull skull, a bad company bull skull. I'm like, okay, that works. And uh, I sit down on the chair, and I'm like, uh, is it going to hurt? He's like, well, do you like needles? I'm like, well, no. He's like, uh, well, yeah, it might hurt. And I'm like, fuck. He didn't tell me it was needles. I thought it was an ink and a pen. I thought he was going to draw something on me. I've never even thought about getting a tattoo in my life. So I sit down. The guy starts doing it. And I'm just like, and he does it. And he's like, man, good job. You did great. And he starts cleaning it. And I'm like, oh, my God. Starts cleaning it, and all I remember is I started dripping sweat. My eyes roll in the back of my head, and I'm like, <laughs> I faint. I pass out in the tattoo shop, fainted in the tattoo shop. Uh, they all think I'm joking. So that guy, he's a big old boy that did my tattoo, reached up there and slashed me across the face. He, he lost my head. Go. <laughs> and he said, that didn't work. So he reached and slapped me this way. He's like, oh. He was like, oh, shit, he's out. And he, like, grabs my head. And he said, dude, I'm just completely soaking wet. Doesn't look like I pissed myself. The guy grabs a bottle of Windex and, oh, oh I'm up. I said, oh, I did it. I got a tattoo. <laughs> Where was the tat? Right on my leg. Oh, and, and the point is, so I didn't tell my dad. My dad, we were pretty close, and. He's always said, no tattoos. I, he ain't got one. And he's like, all right, don't ever get that shit. I'm like, I never get a dad. I never get it. <laughs> so it's going to, it hasn't been a year yet, but I kept it from him for this long. And I like to wear shorts a lot. And the other day in Cheyenne, <laughs> I got my knee brace on and my slide shorts. He's sitting right in front of me. And I just, I don't even think about it. I just take my knee brace off. I pull my underwear all the way up and he goes, what the fuck? <laughs> I go, oh yeah, I got, a, I got a tattoo, Dad. Nah, I'll be did the dog shit. <laughs> That's, awesome. That's how I found out. A year later, I did that with a brand, but I was like fucking fourteen years old, got branded, and then yeah, same thing. Totally forgot that I'd had it and was walking around with my shirt off. And... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I will uh, say I've never been branded, but I bet that hurts. Yeah, it does. Well, usually you're in the you're in the state of mind that you were in to get your tattoos, so it hurts the next day, yeah. and then for a yeah. week after, that would does it that long? It. Oh fuck! Well, yeah, you're trying to hide it. Oh yeah, it's just a burn, and then you're trying to hide it, so you're like covering it up, and then I would like wake up. It was on my arm the first one, and it my shirt would be like completely stuck, stuck, and then you'd have to peel it. And then it would all like the skin would, you know, and then it'd be totally right back to, oh, it's just filthy. Yeah. Oh. Not recommended. Not recommended. Oh. Um, what about your monster deal? That's a cool one. I know um, I was a monster guy too, as well. And it was kind of a total different aspect with those guys. It was like with the Jared Allen stuff that I was with, it was like full on athlete and like, you know, they wanted this, this side of you. And then monsters, like they like the wildcats and they like the badass shit. And I heard you had yeah. a pretty cool quote for them, did you not? I, oh, no. We got to go back. It's on Cowboy Cerrone's uh, deal that we did with him. We got to go back and listen to it because he was 
He said, I'm just going to give you a bunch of deals and I need you to spit off answers like this. And he was just giving me, and like, it didn't matter if it was the right answer or the wrong answer. I was just pop, 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 spitting them back. And so I knew I said some funny shit then. Yeah. But yeah, the monster team, I love the monster team. It's it's Unleash the Beast, baby. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Wilder the better. Somebody told me that you told them that you'll be the wildest cat on their fucking team. I definitely am the wildest cat on their team right now. <laughs> oh, I don't know about Chase Outlaw. Take, oh, yeah, Chase is hard it. to beat. Every He's time hard go, to beat. Every time I go fist bump Chase, I got to use the, the side of my hand because he's just yeah, break your knuckles. Ah, like, calm down, bro. Uh, I'm saying hi. Not bloody enough. I know for a while, I don't know if you still are, but you actually moved in with uh, Austin Dillon and it was doing some workout stuff and trying to get going. Is that still happening? And what was kind of the thought process behind that? It kind of sounds like that's a pretty cool guy to just open up his house for you to come and stay with him. Man, very cool. Yeah, so that opportunity came up and I knew I wasn't rodeoing this last year and it's kind of one of the first years that I'm not rodeoing or one of the second years. And so I was like, man, I kind of just want to, put all my focus into riding bulls, you know, get away from my ranch, get away from horses, get away from working cows and stuff and just go live with him. And every Hang out day with race cars up. and big engines and oil and pit crews. <laughs> yeah. Every day I'd wake up and go to the gym and then go to his house and then either go back to the gym or go hang out with Eli. So Every day up there was just focused on bull riding. I wasn't working. I wasn't doing nothing else. I was just going to the gym, getting better, and critiquing my body and stuff like that. And it was really cool to see that side of it and, like, to learn some of that stuff because now I can kind of put that all together. So are you a big workout guy to start with, like, uh, at home and shit no. like that? No. This was no, kind of no not a big workout guy at all, but I love to just, you know, I like to stay in shape, push-ups, sit-ups, um, I don't have to work on cardio very much. I don't know why I've always been good at cardio. I was really good at running the mile in high school. Uh, I'm still good at running miles. I can do that easily. Uh, the other day in Big Sky, bike like 40 foot miles. And then what I happened? Threw out, I threw it up three times. But... <laughs> Did you see a big transition in your body, Boudreaux, when you took that time and went and, uh, when you were looking after yourself? I didn't see that big transition, but I did see I felt way better. I did. I was a little more tight, tightened up, bulked up. Um, but uh, I'm. It doesn't. My body doesn't change very, very often. Like I, I stay anywhere between one forty-five and one fifty-five, whether I'm working out or whether I'm eating or doing whatever I want. I don't know why, but that's just where I stay. Um, if I'm real, real lazy, I'll get to 160, but I haven't been 160 in a long, long time. My goal is just to not be lazy. More than working out is just getting outside, doing stuff, being productive every single day, not just laying up, being a bum. You know, that kind of transition into the Austin Dillon, the Carolina Cowboys that you're with, some team stuff that I wanted to get in into uh, with you. This will be the second year now that it's going, but your thoughts on it. What do you think of this whole team series being a part of a team you've been an individual rider your whole life through rodeos and and uh through the individual season we've switched now to an individual season which is half the year with the finals in fort worth now to a team series where you're on a team and the, the finals back in las vegas which is great they need obviously a finals in las vegas but thoughts on the whole team aspect maybe at the start what you thought it was going to be and then to now what it's been what's your what's your insights on this pbr team series from a rider in the locker room 
man. Um, I like it. I think it's something different. Um, it's something that's here to help the sport. And one day, if there's bull riders that can get paid millions of dollars to ride bulls um, and never have to work a day in their life when they get done, I'm all for it. And I think I, I can see it getting to that one day. It's not like that right now, not at all. Um, but I, I don't mind helping it out. I like the team thought of it. Um, I just think there's some good ownerships or some bad ownerships. Um, there's a bunch of anywhere you go, there's pros and cons, but I think it's heading in the right direction for bull riders to make millions of dollars one day. I just don't know when, and I hope it's soon. Before you're done. Yeah. <laughs> Tanner yeah, and I are, well, Tanner and I are with you on that one, Boudreaux. Yeah, fuck it, right. What yeah. what do you think about uh the latest on the current PBR world champion Rafael Jose not coming back? What's your thoughts on that? And I'm gonna say my thought process on that is Rafael won all that money and went to Brazil and didn't plan on coming back at all. He told him that. Didn't plan on coming back and didn't want to come back. I don't know if the Texas Rattlers or Cody Lambert or the PBR got really, really mad at him and come out with that deal like, okay, well, we'll ban you for this, this, and this. And then he, he just had to make a statement saying this is what I thought about his contract. Mm -hmm. I don't know if any of that's true. I don't know nothing about that. But what I got out of it, got out of it is when he left America – the day after the finals, he had no plan on coming back to the USA. Uh, actually, I think him and a couple of buddies went straight from America to the Bahamas. The Bahamas. Yeah. yeah which I don't blame him. I would have. He's got like six million in Brazil. So, yeah. Big uh, yeah, I think he's fine over there. But I don't, I don't know the whole story either. I think. I don't think he cares. He's yeah, good. At this point, he did it. He did what you wanted to do. So what's uh, what's your thoughts on Jerome Davis being your coach? Jerome seems like a really cool guy. I don't know him all that well just from being around him, but I think it's kind of cool all these different legends of the game now are like you guys get to hang out with all of them all the time and you get to know these guys really well. But Jerome as a coach, what's that like? Man, Jerome Davis is he's one of my heroes. I look up to him as a coach. He's what you want in a coach. Um, he, sometimes he might be a little too nice. <laughs> like if he wants to ask you a question or something, or like he wants you to do something, he might just ask you a question about it and be like, oh, you want me to do this? Oh, yeah, come on. Man. That's kind of just him being really, really nice and stuff. And so he's a great guy, great coach. He's never really going to tell you to change something or do this, do that. He just might give you ideas of what worked for him or what worked for his buddy or what worked for this. And it just explained what made him understand and stuff like that. So I really think that's a big factor in the coach coaching aspect of it is you can't have a coach that's like, you have to do it like this, like this, like this. Like, no, like, come on now. Let's, uh, let's, uh, let's work together here. Cause I am a professional. I do it too. Just the way you did it. Mm -hmm. I mean, I might do it different, but I'm a professional just like you were. How do you think you had someone screaming at you telling you how to do it back in the day? You know, you don't really like that. So yeah. I really like that. Yeah, especially at that level, like it's understanding yeah. your your rider and then just getting the best out of your rider. I think you're not teaching yeah. how to ride bulls. It seems like some of those guys are in some of the videos that you're watching. They're like putting on a school. It's like you're not teaching these guys how to ride bulls again. They know it. They've done this their whole life. They're at the highest level. You can give them some tidbits and pointers on it, yeah. but you're not going to retool their riding style. Yeah, 
Yeah, you can't just recreate their writing because, I mean, they've been, that's a whole other different game. Uh, Richard Childress and Austin Dillon being on the management team. I know that they brought a DJ in last year at Carolina <laughs> and they took you guys go-karting and all sorts of cool shit. To me, it seems that's kind of a cool aspect of it is you got cool backing of Austin being a younger guy and Richard being a pretty cool guy where they want you guys to feel like professional athletes and treat you well. Is that kind of the, the correct vibe that I'm getting? Yeah, no, for sure. And Richard and Austin are all about the professional aspect of it. You know, they, uh, it's pretty cool. I've flown on Richard's jet before going to races and he's Man. had me at his house. Richard's house is awesome. He has a skeet shooting range, a gun range, a spot on the river where you can fish and all kinds of stuff. You can only imagine it's a castle over there. And they definitely treat you like a professional athlete just being around them, like our team. If we need something on our team or we need doctors, like for my knee the other day, I needed to go get checked out. Richard personally called the doctor. Doctor personally called me, sent me to the office and got checked out like right away, dropped my hat. And so like just doing stuff like that, yeah, they make sure it gets done and it gets done right, especially if their name's behind it. What's your biggest uh your biggest rivals right now or your biggest threat do you feel like what team right now after the first one in Cheyenne you guys on Austin paper looks, it's just gamblers yeah. that one right up the hop they like the Yankees of uh, baseball yeah yeah we like the Yankees of the for sure and uh is there any other like coaches or anybody like uh that fucks around or is it like bad vibes you know when you guys get to those events now you each got your own locker rooms and like you and eli are on different teams your best buds is it a different situation when you're like cruising through the, the locker rooms they not want you talking to the other team I mean, like that so i'm nice to everybody i'm gonna go say hi to everybody but i always get the uh, the dirty look from lambert uh jada <laughs> Ross Coleman, Ross Coleman, <laughs> and honestly, they scare me a little bit. I'll be like, "Damn, why are you looking at me?" I'm just saying hi. I'm just being me. Know. I'm just being me. I don't care how serious you take this team shit. It is bull riding at the end of. We're still having to get all bulls and fucking ride. So you take it out as soon as you want. Your team still sucks. We're still gonna win. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. You uh, guys do got a cool group there, though. You is. really do. Um yeah, I like our group. And like what we were talking about the other day, like there's so many people on our team that does not matter what the bull does or which direction he goes, our team's accountable for everything, every direction every situation and i think rodeo brings that out in a guy like if it's not all perfect we're still gonna do our job as good as we know how to do it and that's really really good and there's some guys when the situation ain't perfect it's fucking shit shit show so for us uh, like there's so many different situations we can go in and we can handle it it doesn't really matter and i think that helped rodeo and helped me do that help help handle all situations all atmospheres all that i enjoyed uh watching the ride and they they probably gets more amped up when they like script it for that show but the individual title like the mvp race they kind of really play on that and i mean like i talked about with you earlier you kind of getting on the hard ones and shit that's a big i know from the global cups and stuff too it's a lot of what your coach puts you on you know what i mean like jose and dale and those guys they're gonna get the ones that they're gonna be 90 on and they've obviously earned that spot to be there 
but it's a lot of the bull that you have and the amount of times that your coach is putting you in where that MVP race comes into play. But uh, when I was laughing at watching it this morning, it was like, it reminded me of Ricky Bobby and Jean Girard from Talladega Nights when they were fucking going Dalen, Dalen against Jose. It was like the the Ricky Bobby Talladega Nights race is what it seemed like to me. Not today, Ricky Bobby. Not today. <laughs> but does that play an aspect towards you? Like, is that the MVP or something that that you guys are all talking about or thinking about, or is there just a certain amount of guys that are even in the running for that? Man, I don't know. I don't know what they talk about or what the, they're talking about. At the end of the day, we just want to win games. Um, and I feel like it doesn't matter if they put me on the hard ones or not. Um, it's my job to ride them. So that MVP, MVP deal is on me. Yeah, it would be a lot easier if I could get on them mother bulls. But if my coach is going to put me on this one, then I got to ride this one. If I want to have a shot at it anyway, just – no excuses. But yeah, it would be easier. <laughs> it would yeah. be way easier if you got on them other bulls. And that is a big deal with the MVP race. It's what you get on. Like is it a hundred is what's it pay this year to win the MVP? Fifty thousand, probably fifty thousand. Hell, they ain't changed the payment of the PBR in thirty years. Yeah. Well we yeah. I know uh well, I know that some of the guys' contracts got another bonus in there for winning that MVP too. What is the Team aspect to you, I know it's new. What's the guys' vibes like? Is the team series like taking over and these guys want to win a team series? Or is it still that individual world champion race, even though it's only six months of the year and the finals are in Fort Worth? Different aspect. Uh, what's the what's the vibe maybe for yourself and then maybe the locker room too? Is it win the team series or the individual? Minus the $1 million. Let's take the $1 million yeah. out of the equation. Yeah, It's well, still yeah. winning the individual season. Take all money out of it out of it all the, i mean for the guys that's really good we want to win that individual my whole life i wanted to win the world title in the prc and the pbr so that's what i want and uh yeah now that the team deal's going and we're on a team when we show up for that event we're gonna want to win that we're gonna want to win that uh want to win that team championship because we're there for that event but at the end of the day in the back of our minds if that team deal wasn't there, we were going to win our individual world title because that's what we want to do and that's what we get paid to do. Um, I hope the team deal does take over with money, but right now it's not that 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 way. And if it if we did get paid a lot, a lot of money, then yeah, it would be different. But right now, that individual world title means way more than that team championship world title. Have you, have you guys heard anything on the expansion to 10 teams at all, Boudreaux? Has there been any talk with Man, the riders? So... Uh, I've just heard a couple rumors, but we're getting we're getting two uh two new teams added to the roster or to the league, I guess. So okay, tell me this. So um in Cheyenne, you guys um that bonus round last year there was a bonus round that everybody got on a bull, correct? And I don't know why we don't know why the bonus round's a deal. We get it for the tiebreaker, but so what would have happened if you guys weren't tied? We just we ended, no? We, we just no, won. was there a what would I no, what if you went in first? Was there still a bonus round planned or not? I don't think so. I think I see, I don't know. I'm confused. There was eight pins for this bonus round set for eight teams. And I thought it was if your record was tied, that's who that's you played in the bonus round. Like me, us Austin, we were the only two teams that were two and up. Yeah. So we played together in the bonus round. 
where every team that was one and one, I figured they would play, and every team that was zero and two, they would play. But it was just us. Okay, so let's say uh, Leme and Cooper tied. They're both ninety. Then they got to run two more bulls in for the same two teams, correct? Yeah, and they had. Yes, and we already had them. them guys. Yes. we already have them guys set. Yeah, we will. I watched it. They had it all announced, or two, I guess two zeros too. Correct. If both guys get yeah. bucked off, then they run two more in. Yeah. But how are they going to? So we roll into Kansas City this weekend. <clears throat> Let's say the Rattlers, Outlaws. This is three days too, is it not? Yeah, it three days. So to help change the records up a little bit. Okay, well, good luck on the uh, rest of the season with the Carolina Cowboys. I know we'll be uh, cheering you on, and uh, like you say, we'll get some. Uh, hopefully, get some good contracts going for the guys because that is exactly what you guys deserve to be paid because you are the ones that are putting the show on day in and day out. I think that's a that's a good segue into uh, my next question for you. When you were young, did you take a bunch of dance lessons? Because every time you're on the dance floor, there's either a dance off or in the dressing room, there's some dances going on. So was that part of your childhood, or what went on there to get, no, was, get well, those when moves? I was little, when I was little, I used to watch a bunch of hip hop dances, and so for Halloween, I dressed up as the Jabberwockies a bunch of times. Like they're the people in Vegas that wear the white mask. <laughs> And so I thought I was going to be a Jabberwocky dancing one day. And uh, no, it turns out I'm not that good at it. I just look stupid and move around a lot. <laughs> <laughs> We've held you for a long time here now. And I know you got to get rolling. You got a lot of stuff on the go here and uh, getting prepped for that next weekend in uh, Kansas City. But before we do, we have our take on uh, NFP. This is the NFP podcast. What's your take on hashtag NFP? Uh, hashtag NFP is uh, just waking up every day, being a man, a grown, grown ass man in this world and getting what needs to be done, whether that's going out providing for your family, going to war for your country or going to do a, a job that's your sport or whatever it is, just waking up, being a good man. A godly man and uh, getting the stuff, getting work done. That's Boom. A good one. Hashtag NFP. I like that one. Hey, what about your uh, Canadian rodeo? And you're talking about coming up here. I know that you came up when you were younger and. Uh, the Saskatchewan, hey! <laughs> did some traveling with uh, Brock and Lonnie. How were those days? You got to fill me in on that. I know there was like some glacier swimming and whatnot, but what stands out yeah. for you about your Canadian yeah, rodeo? Yeah, so. Brock and Lonnie, and we went with a guy named Luke G. We had so, so much fun when I went up to Canada, man. We went to High River, Sundry, Wainwright, Airdrie, maybe, uh, LaDuke. Does that sound right? Yeah, yeah. yeah, you hit them all, yeah. all the big ones, obviously. <laughs> man, we, went, we went to just all these big rodeos, and like, I think I dr stayed drunk for three weeks straight up there, and... <laughs> One well, it's our Canadian booze, man. You got to be careful, Boudreaux. There's way more alcohol in it. This deal called, it was like cranberry beer. It was so good. <laughs> so good. <laughs> I won like three rodeos though that week, and it was so much fun. So much fun. I jumped in a mud puddle, thought it was an ocean. <laughs> well, awesome, we want buddy. you back. We want yeah. you back here for some PBRs. Yeah. I'll be Keep up there. I'll be up. up there for sure, real quick. Perfect. Okay. Well, buddy, we uh, appreciate you taking the time. People are going to really enjoy this. They like uh, listening in from uh, guys that are in the game in that locker room right now, get some of those insights. So it's uh, we appreciate you taking the time to, to jump on here and do it. We're looking forward to seeing where you can take this team stuff. Yes, sir. No, thanks for having me, and thanks for letting me be part of the team. I can't wait to uh, get this year going. This is our interview with Pedro. Yeah.